0: Control, to live, you get your to Welcome to the 1984 old school show.
1: Watch your base bins, I'm telling you.
0: Back once again like a renegade master. I hope everyone has their tickets for 1994 Sounds of Eden on August the 31st featuring Shades of Rhythm, Ultrasonic, Bass Generator, Trevor Riley, Joe Deakin, Malcolm X and MC Cyclone at the Classic Grand in Glasgow. Get your tickets from Skiddle and Ticket Scotland and I'll see you there. Now, back to the show. This is the XL Podcast, and I've got another amazing guest. This DJ is possibly one of the most technical DJs Scotland's produced. He's held down some amazing residences, and he's got a lot of fans, not just on the dance floor, but behind the turntables. Welcome to another episode of the XL Podcast. My guest
1: this episode <laughs> I'll try to be on no I feel special it's Mr Colin <laughs> Trevendale how are you doing Colin? I'm grand thanks, thanks for having me on, on the show and uh, yeah and Sonny Paisley Sonny Paisley you weren't lying when you said Sonny Paisley it's scorching I think it's the hottest day of the year it's rather hot in the studio the, the twos are in shorts and sweat like maniacs
0: <laughs> so aye, as we spoke about the sort of premise of this uh, we show is I've just been having a joy just tracking down guys like yourself and, yeah. and and shooting the breeze about our shared love of dance music yeah. and I, I just really want to ask you what about your journey and how
1: you go into it? Yeah um, obviously I'd, I'd, I feel fortunate I had a good probably 14, 15 years Um of a DJ career if you like full time so I feel pretty blessed to have lived that Mm -hmm. um, and been around sort of through the 90s and in the 2000s early 2000s I guess you know in terms of what got me into it, it it would just be you know, thinking back to high school days it was a BMX scene <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's maybe a common theme for a lot of us older DJs um, you know my youth was spent on the BMX and I think from that there was a, a real interest in an, an American sound because mm-hmm. uh, that was a, a youth culture you know the BMX yep. and then I think the UK kind of tagged on to it a wee bit later Andy Ruffell <coughs> Andy Ruffell is a <laughs> legend <laughs> Kellogg's freestyle championships every Saturday morning he, I was up
0: watching it <laughs> he, he
2: was your Bob Harrell <laughs> <laughs> he was
1: we were a wee bit late to the party you know Rally came out with our, their burner range that's right um, and you got, a, you got a burner if you were lucky because you couldn't Afford a, mm-hmm. a Haro freestyler; they were they were expensive, um, but yeah, getting into BMX and then I, I think that that you know that real interest in American youth culture, bikes, and and you know looking at magazines and there's kids riding empty swimming pools mm-hmm. in California. So I was really hooked. I loved uh, I loved my bike. Spent you know years out riding the BMX and the Ghetto Blaster was with us, and there was a a, a kind of. There was a sound there, you know, was <clears throat> electro. Mm-hmm. You know, there was that American electro sound, a wee bit hip hoppy. Um, you know, Africa bamba. Uh, or Sonic used to buy these compilations, uh, street sounds of ele- uh, electro. Yep. You know, you were always hunting out albums, uh, compilations, so you could get, you know, 10, tracks. 12 tracks for your, you know, more bang for your buck. Um, so there was a real interest in that electro kind of sound, uh, which progressed into a more sort of hip hoppy sound, where, uh, you know, really get into. LL Cool J, um, a wee bit of NWA, but Public Enemy. Then there was the Beastie Boys. Mm-hmm. Run DMC came along. They were a wee bit more commercial. Really brought that sound to the fore. Um, so for me, that was dance. You know, okay, yep. it wasn't a four four beat. But it was there was an element of a you know a dance sound. It was uplifting, made you feel good. Uh, it went part and parcel with riding the bike. Um, you know there was some people that kind of went down the body pop and root. That's right, the break dancing yes, and all that, wasn't it? dancing, um, I stuck to the wheels. I suppose if you now had a BMX, you were a break dancer were not it? it actually, was, that was the kind of youth garons. Uh, if you couldn't afford the burner, you could have a roll a <laughs> a roll <of> linoleum, <laughs> and, and and pop at the, the street corner. So I think from that I went into hip house so hip hop started to blend with a straight you know four four uh-huh. beat a kick drum uh and Tiny Cooper's Ty and all Ty that Tyree Cooper fast Eddie you know and the Sundance Kid Roxanne Shantae uh-huh, so that was me moving into a, a, you know much a a, a dance-ier sound um and and that's when I really get I really get hooked yep.
2: Ah. <laughs> so, <laughs>
1: with Invader we in the studio just, sorry mate you were saying <laughs> before we were rudely interrupted I yeah. um, saw so hip hop electro house. into hip house progressing to house sounds of Chicago again still that American sound really kind of that's ear. where it was all coming from definitely on, on it
0: it's, it's quite mad nobody's really touched on the hip house thing and and that was was massive, and it really did bridge the gap for hip hop yeah. and a dance. You know, like yeah. obviously because it, w- it was hip hop yeah. and house music. But oh, absolutely, it was it was a one sort of
1: track you could <clears throat> go. It just went yeah okay, oh, you remember yeah, your first I mean, hip thing? There, there was loads, I mean, you, you're looking at uh, Doug Lazy, Let uh-huh. It Roll, you know you're listening to the bass lines Amazing. And, and it's very much, you know, a, a, a dance bass line, so it's, it's hip hop becoming something a wee bit fuller, more mm-hmm. rounded um, with a, a, an energetic sound to it <clears throat> Tyree Cooper, Fast Eddie, Turn Up The Bass, that's probably, that for me that was just, you know a, the sort of pinnacle mm-hmm. of, of that I could movement, still listen to all that, that stuff time. right now. Oh, I, I still listen to it. Yeah. That's all I listen to is the old stuff. But that—that that would be one track I would—I would say was a kind of defining uh, song uh, for for that period of time. Uh, and I played it, played it to death eventually when mm-hmm. I got when, when I got a hold of, of it. it. Um, and I actually seen them live. You know, I was starting to club in Glasgow. It was a club called The Choice in Royal Exchange Square. Okay early clubbing days you're still underage but you're, you're managing to get in uh, and the choice was uh, Colin Barr who Subsequently, went on to to open the tunnel, but he had, he had this club and uh, his brother Melbar was DJing. There was a DJ called Michael Kilke, who was relatively unknown at the time. Oh, is this Michael Kilke? <coughs> yes, is this it? is Michael Kilke, the legend. Right, right. He, he was gigging uh, at the at the Choice, uh-huh. um, but you know, I never knew Michael. Never knew anyone. It was just you know, I lived in Barlock and Loch Lomond, but right. I was heading into Glasgow to to hear this sound, but. The choice was an amazing wee club but Tyree Cooper and Fast Eddie did a gig in Glasgow somewhere and then they would the after party and it was proper you know, the club was opened just for them Mm -hmm. and a secret invite for a hundred people, you know clubs in full darkness, there's no music on, they come in a a wee side entrance, take to a wee stage and then they do their their piece and it's just you know mind blowing. I saw that you know. For me, that was that was me starting to really get sucked, uh-huh. sucked into. It. What kind of age would you was you then about? Probably just under bit, eighteen, ah. Aye, probably about 16, 17, Yep. I mean,
0: so when you were going to the choice. Were you going there? Was it? Was it because that played the kind of music you and
1: your friends was into, or was it just because you what, friends or? No, it was it was a sound. You know, you aye. were you were listening to. Shagan on Radio uh-huh. Clyde and maybe Jeff Young's Big Beat show before Pete Tong came along yeah. uh, and, there, and there was a sound and your local clubs were a bit more commercial but you were discovering and hearing about places in Glasgow uh-huh. uh, that were kind of you know maybe leading the way in something like that, a bit new and the choice was where I met a lot of people I met Stephen McCreary there who you know turned out to be yeah. my long standing sort of partner at the <laughs> tunnel partner on crime Partner in Crime. so uh, it was the sound uh, it was the sound in me pockets of Glasgow uh-huh. that were sort of emerging and drawing people in Aye. from surrounding areas, you know. That's what I
0: always think, you know. It's like all the, it's all the satellite towns that make the city, you know, because everybody's kind of mm. gravitating towards it. It's not necessarily just people from be
1: it Glasgow, Manchester, Edinburgh, it's everybody for running about. I, I it? Absolutely. I mean, we wouldn't have a scene if we just talked about, you know the big cities mm-hmm. um, you know I remember you know going out to Motherwell and going to some of the early street rave parties and just going to some real kind of I wouldn't not say odd places but it's the satellites the outliers Aye. you know and, and people are doing their own thing they don't need to go to Glasgow to put on a big show they're doing it in their own uh-huh. you know backyard and you're making the journey you're hearing about it there's nobody not everybody had a mobile phone in those days so again it was just you know a lot of it was word of mouth, word of or mouth flyers on. flyers in, a, in town or you know on a pillar underneath the flyover at mm-hmm. the M8 you know at the Kingston Bridge you were, look at these flyers there's an old day on you know and there's Bob Jeffries and all these you know old soul DJs playing a you know a a dance sound it was it was phenomenal all all these guys like Bob Jeffries do you think
0: they were because they were maybe like DJ in their era was maybe like 70s were like the soul boy sound they were maybe like the first kind of working DJs to like Gravity into the dance maybe before sort of maybe our era can I go into it?
1: I would I would say so. If I think back to some of those early old days, it was it was Yogi, Bob Jeffries, and you know they're not playing dances as, as we know it now. Mm-hmm. Or we be you know we we then heard in in the nineties. It was probably they had you know served their time. They were you know experienced it you know, entertaining a dance floor, they were bringing a, a soulful sound, mm-hmm. um, maybe slightly dancey. If there was a hip hop influence, <clears throat> and 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 they were playing these gigs. But the gigs back at, back at that in that era, it was you know a hip hop tune to a hip house mm-hmm. tune to a four four numero uno piano tune and back again. It wasn't a specific genre, mm-hmm. and and I loved that oh, I because you. it was dance music. Uh, we didn't pigeonhole a yeah. specific sound or a DJ to as as much as we do now. It was just that was the sound. Anything kind of goes Aye. on the night. I uh, miss these. And then gets segregated to different rooms, different tents. They do, and they, they do now, and, and and that's fine if you've got a tech house room and and a, and a soulful you know, jazzy house room. Mm. <clears throat> that, that's fine now, I accept that. But that's the way it was, you mm-hmm. know, if you're talking the late 80s, you, you would, hear, you would uh, he, hear a real mixed bag throughout the night and um, there would be, and everyone would be up for it, you know, from from start to finish. It mm-hmm. wouldn't be on the dance floor for your chosen sound. Yep. Um, it would just be embrace, you know. Who was the first DJ? Because I, I don't,
0: you know, I, I kind of know. I'll know. I'll not say who mine was, but I, I remember hearing my first DJ, it was beat mixing, and being totally blown away with that because that. the other DJs that you heard <coughs> weren't they necessarily beat mixing. They might have been key mixing by ear, mm-hmm. but because of the, the music was varied and the tempo was varied, there wasn't as much mixing as we know. Mixing, yeah. Who was your first kind of DJ that you could remember that you went,
1: What was he then? It was it was a local a local club in Dumbarton uh, called Akram's Night Spot and uh, started hanging out there with the hope that I could maybe you know get get a slot because I'd bought decks by this point and I was I was hooked. The resident DJ, a guy named uh, Mike Costa, and he was stringing records together seamless, you know and. and and for me, that that was another big part of the fascination, uh, the craft of DJing. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I took that really seriously, yep. um, just because I, I, I loved that technical aspect of pulling tracks together, thinking about, you know, melting those percussion mm-hmm. sort of sections together and finding key matching and you know harmonic kind of yep. movements for one track to the next. So, Mike Costa blew me away. But at this time, he's playing Womack and Womack teardrops, a 12-inch mix. So it's got an extended outro. uh, And off the back of that will come 10 City will be mixed in. That's the way I love is. It'll be the Steve Sill Curly mix. So he's went for a you know a, a chart track to a house track. Then he would go out of that and he'd blew, blue real gone kid. Mm-hmm. But again, he'd have the twelve inch mix with the extended intro, yeah. and he was stringing them together like nobody's business, mm-hmm. and it and it blew me away. You got me a mega me. mixer, uh, <laughs> I, yeah, <there> <laughs> But I could see he was doing it live. Uh-huh. He had the formula sound mixer two twelve tens, and, and and I was I was fascinated. Right. I was trying to talk to him, and he, he was. It was a hard. It was hard work. You mm-hmm. sleep, beat it. I mean, but that's the thing. And back then,
0: there's there's no, like, any internet. And you had to really fight tooth and nail to find, you know, guys who you could or girls, whatever, who could do it. And then bug them and go, How, "What are uh-huh. you doing here? Yeah. And how's that? I'm doing that? And you know, and like you say, I can imagine them just being like." Beat it! Or, you know, you're
1: just somebody distracting them or something like that isn't it? I'm just hanging over the DJ, booth, you know, kind of perching over the edge, you know, just just watching them and. Uh, and I I and total, and eventually I kind of wore them down. To, to, to a, I got a hello one week. And it's like, yes. <laughs> to and it progressed to you know I'm, I collect music. I've got a love for dance music. You play a wee bit of dance music. Going to play Tyree Cooper after. You, I'm not playing that in the middle of the night. That's mm-hmm. an early night track, and you know, and it just went on for there, and eventually I got a wee break there, and I got a wee warm up slot in this local nightclub, playing alongside Mike, doing my dance thing, you know, a wee thirty minute segment going on and playing a, some piano tunes, and but for me, uh, he he really kind of taught me there's the the craft around DJing oh, yeah. as much as you know you think about a dance floor, look at trying to entertain it, um, make the right. Music selection, but I loved that challenge of mm-hmm. trying to pull it all together and Aye. make it sound coherent and, uh-huh. and something a wee bit special, hopefully. Yep.
0: So, will we cut then and play maybe a couple of tracks that we talked about then?
1: Definitely, you've got to play Tyree Cooper. It's <laughs> <laughs> up <on> the bass. <laughs> what about an one Could we squeeze an one in? Definitely. Um, just you know once that hip house sound sort of became a, a real kind of big house sound it would be Frankie Knuckles Your love that's a belter all those American imports coming in house sounds of Chicago tracks mm-hmm. I remember you know the pink label the in the middle and of the vinyl one. and that you know with that intro you know hairs in the back of your neck mm-hmm. I know you've just covered it in your new album I <laughs> still get hairs in the back of my neck listening to it the chords, everything about that song, is is, is beautiful. Yeah, so yeah. that that would be another song that I would pick from from that time. So we'll smash them to it and then yeah. come back for another chat. Definitely. <laughs>
3: you yeah.
0: Are two belting tracks, and
1: you could you could drop them in, and it's still be as, as, as effective and, and right, yeah. I think, um, I, I, I listened to a John Mancini uh, podcast maybe a year or two ago, and it was a, a Colours birthday party, you know, recent maybe uh-huh. two or three years ago. And uh, and his sets full of classics, it's great. And there's turn up the bass, right. it's in there, and I thought, great, you know, he must have. It must have grabbed his grabbed as well. attention. this sit the same way it uh, did to me, and he slotted it in amongst all the, the house tracks. Yep. So it was great. Frankie Knuckles, your love. I think you could just you play that anytime, anywhere. Mm-hmm. That's that's one of those one of those. Songs. It's just amazing, it's, it's, isn't it? It's, it's timeless, um, and uh, yeah. What can you say? The one of the DJs that you
0: mentioned earlier. I think I was at a night. At, I think it was maybe a Colors event, SWG3, and Bob Jeffries was playing, and his set was full of hip house and things like "Back by Dope Demand" and oh, King B, um, King B, yeah. and all these yeah. kind of things, yeah. just one after the other. Yeah. And I was just thinking, that's you know that's that's mega, you know. Like, I, and I hadn't, I've not really spoke to or heard his set in years and years. Actually, my auntie was was a friend of his, and used to go clubbing with him. That's kind of how I knew who he was. But yeah. it was just great to hear him. Play, just look, yeah. I suppose going back, it's easier now because you can just pick all your favourites, mm. but when you're in the moment,
1: then it's harder to, yeah, you know, yeah, you're working a crowd, you like, put them all yeah, together, and yeah, yeah. But I, on, on reflection, you're going classic, classic. Aye. I remember that, um, but aye, it's always nice to look back. There's, there's things that then bring back the memories, aye, that's uh, it. I in, mean, in the moments in time,
0: like we're doing, just talking now about you know how you go into things and everything as as you're collecting music you know you're obviously what are you you're hoarding doing a part time job a day job or something Where are you because music's so,
1: no cheap back then no, is it no so I, I was out of school and car daft you know into my cars and got an apprenticeship to serve my time as a car mechanic Aye. so I'm serving good time good on Apprentice I know I know so I was the Apprentice <laughs> something fall back on I was the, uh, I was the YTS yes. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that I was a YTS a lot <laughs> of list- <laughs> listeners will say what's YTS uh, it was a training youth, it was a youth training scheme youth training scheme and um, so I was serving my time as a car mechanic but you know decks in the house hooked on music mixing at night getting wee warm-up slots, doing my own parties with friends in strange places, mm-hmm. wee barns, disused. You know, houses around Barlick, old stately homes, things like that. Do, doing our wee gigs, but... Um, Did you have your own, your own sound system as well? Or was uh, it, was that you taking your decks to do? Aye, we would take our decks. Uh-huh. We, would, we would do our own, own thing, essentially. So, I had a job but I was out every weekend you left for the weekend mm-hmm. you know £28.50 a week I believe we were paid but we were out Thursday, Friday Saturday, Sunday how, how, that, uh, how did it stretch? <laughs> and you managed to buy maybe a Y cardigan or, you know a pair of stay press whatever it was <laughs> so you done alright a couple of records and a couple, and a couple of records and they weren't cheap I know but I was building a record collection and interesting you ask about record collections just came back to me so I'm getting the break in Akram's night spot and I'm starting to build a record collection up and I'm keeping it in there because I'm going in there one day a week when I should be at Clydebank College right So to practice in the system in the club and exactly, stuff exactly like. so I'm serving my time in the, the wee garage I'm a mechanic but on a Wednesday I'm supposed to go to Clydebank College to do the classroom piece mm-hmm. but I'm going into Akram's nightclub when the cleaners are in practicing and spending all day and I managed to get away with that for a few months mm-hmm. before the garage <laughs> even <laughs> I, I, I wasn't going to college so my records were in there and I had crates and I had probably two 300 records in there and uh, unfortunately the the club went on fire well no danger yeah so the club burnt down and it was a you know it was a shock to the to the local area you know this place had been around for you know 15 20 years and uh, my records were in there so it was Back to back to the start. How much are you talking about? There? I mean, that's hundreds, hundred, hundred and, and I'm talking about all those original American yep. imports going to 23rd Jesus. precinct every weekend, buying them, building a collection, six, seven, ninety-nine, a 12-inch, everything, all the classics, all the original pressings, all gone, melted, buckled, in the ashes. Uh-huh. So I starts again, back up to 23rd precinct, starting to build up a you know a record collection and trying to get. Some gigs as well mm-hmm. because now the the local club is is finished. Um, but anyway, started to build a collection, and of course, a collection becomes. It just grows arms and legs because I end up getting a job in 23rd Precinct. How does well, that come about? <laughs> <of? laughs> so the T was a YTS.
2: <laughs>
1: uh, you, and and another paid me twenty eight fifty. <laughs> 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 twenty two fifty. <laughs> so I just get up bugging, bugging Billy. Steve McCreary worked in 23rd Precinct at the time. He's a young budding and DJ, but he's uh, he's working in the clothing department because mm-hmm. he worked in cruise right. in Glasgow. So he's came to work for Billy and buy clothes for the records. Shop, so I'm getting to know Stephen through The Choice, and I was like, I got a job in here, you know. I've served my time at this point, I've done my four years. I'm a trained car mechanic, but I'm like, Music I'm daft. into music you know I, I want to do music I, I want to be a DJ I just feel that I can pursue this I love it you know and I was staying I wasn't staying with my parents at the time I was staying with an uncle and auntie who were very cool and son if that's what you you fancy doing go for it so really? eventually I quit the day job got a job in 23rd Precinct eventually Billy took me on and full you, time? full time aye and then the, the record collection just boomed because you you spent your wages on records you were getting free records and uh, what a blast in 23rd Precinct an absolute hoot and all the, uh, you know, the DJs that come along and, and worked there and the DJs that come in to shop it was yeah, it was that was your internet for pheno- ah, ah, it was phenomenal it was your internet because it was a meeting spot Saturdays mm-hmm. you know people that hadn't seen each other since the previous weekend were all hooking up getting their vinyl you know sharing ideas sharing tunes you know have yep. you checked this one out have you heard this was people uh,
0: talking about maybe what they'd what I'm still, I'm still recording is it still recording aye 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 oh it's just the timeline stopped sorry it's alright it's just because it's so small alright ah, so when people were people coming into 23rd and talking about maybe the tunes that they'd bought the week before and had a chance to play and also try to catch up and what's
1: the new one coming out Definitely. I mean people people would come in and a lot of it was some of it was fueled by the radio. What what have you heard Pete Tong playing, you know, on the Friday night? Or, a aye, aye. Every Saturday morning it was Pete Tong and Judge Jules latterly, you mm-hmm. know, when and that was even when he was huge on Radio One. But people were chasing down music they'd heard on the radio, they were chasing down music that they'd heard in other clubs, they'd maybe went abroad, they'd maybe heard something in Ibiza. Um, or you know, somebody'd got a hold of something, They'd played it in Glasgow, mm-hmm. and and everybody was in, and you know, and I remember certain certain tracks, DGH featuring Steffi, mm-hmm. you know, big piano tune. So think about it. Or think smart? about aye, and you know, and everybody was going nuts for Did that. Did that come in as a white? It came in as a European import right. initially, and it was uh, you know small quantities, and, and you know, and you. You were expected to put some by for the big DJs. Because they were After going you to play get one for yourself. <laughs> Once I get my own copy. <laughs> um, but you know, because Billy was wanting to obviously, you know, furnish the, the club DJs yep. with the, the right material and that would in turn get the, the punters in to buy it. So yep. you had to try and keep some aside. Right. That's for, you know. You know that, that that's for the slam, guys. We need to keep them. a copy Stuart Nord. They'll play that. Mm-hmm. You know, and last rhythm came in. That that's a subby tune. Keep one for Harry and whatever. And it was a wee bit like that, but not you know, not not in a bad way. Are, are
0: you listening? You also you're getting the tracks, and you're listening to as
1: a music enthusiast and also a salesman. I am buying the stuff are, are as you're well. I'm buying it and down the phone. Right, down the phone. Aye, so speaking to distributors in London, and uh, you know, they'd phone you up. You know, a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and you get your deliveries in. But you would, you would basically buy it in the phone. So you're, you're using Billy's money, twenty-third precincts money to hedge your bets on something that you would hear mm-hmm. on the phone. And, 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 <laughs> and will, but there's a big break coming up. It's, it sounds really good when you get it on the system. <laughs> you're know, like that. Ah, is he just trying to shift this <laughs> no. or is, is this? And you were, you were always a bit unsure. Uh, just give me ten. Or no. Just give me five, right? Play it safe. The five will come in in the start day you'll play it and it turns out it's Gat Decor Passion it's a white label <laughs> you're like shit I we, we only bought five and you go back to the uh, That's that's done 500 of them went in a day we're uh-huh. not going to get that for another two weeks Wow. but it was it was amazing buying records in the phone can um, you
0: remember anyone's like the Gat Decor one where you've heard on the phone or maybe your first couple of buys or
1: or a big one that you've bought in that's just blown up Ugh, I mean, there was loads. I was I was responsible for, for buying all the progressive house and the European imports. So the progressive stuff, I, I, you know, I'd a real keen kind of ear for, and that was my thing. buying the European stuff, at some of it was it was a bit heavy, mm-hmm. and it wasn't really what I played, so I kind of struggled at times. Mm-hmm. And I'd say, ah, you give us five or ten of that," and it would come in. It would be die witness, and <laughs> people would go mental for it. All right, that's a biggie then. And, you know, you'd be back on the phone. Right, we need another fifty or a hundred copies. And if you get something called the Night Raver, you know, and eventually I, I handed that over. Because I thought this, you know, this isn't my yeah. sounds. And Billy Reid came in and started right, working, right. and and he became the Slept hardcore. That he became the hardcore buyer. But I, d- you know, d- loads, loads. of to get the core passion. Felix, don't you want me? I remember when that came in again. We get five or ten copies because you were listening to in the phone, aye. and you it's a it's a gamble. Um, and then you hear it, and then you know the momentum builds, and you're mm-hmm. trying. You're back on the phone to this distribution company in London we need more of that, I, you and you know, everybody uh-huh. else in the country, you're going to have to wait till we get another 1,000 pressed, and what a time in 23rd Precinct, so, a blast.
0: I mean, just the tunes that you're mentioning, they're all, they're all bellers, but did you genuinely feel it was an exciting time for music with the amount of amazing stuff that was coming out?
1: I think we, we felt it was exciting at the time, maybe looking back you just don't realise how... How big an era uh, we experienced, you know, through through the mid to Mm -hmm. late nineties, because that's that that's that kind of period. And you know, you're looking back now and and going, everyone, you know, K Class, Enjoy, Mm Bassheads, Felix, (coughs) you're you're just rhyming off, you know, club anthem. But at the time, they're just coming in, they're trickling in, and you're going, that's what a tune that Mm -hmm. is. That's magic. You don't realise that that's going to be played. For 20, 30 years, <laughs> but you know it's uh-huh. it's still getting played. In fact, another one's just came to mind: Joe Inferno, Tribal uh-huh. Church. Still getting keen, I it? I remember that came in the first time that landed in twenty-third precinct. We're listening, going, that's different. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just that kind of. Kit heart kind of stabby. Yep. There's, there's no piano, there's no vocal. What is this? But there's some catchy mm-hmm. about it, and we started selling it, and it gained about attraction, and and it's still getting played. Artemisia bits and pieces again comes in as a Euro import. last, you know, can that, that might blows. catch on? buff blows up, still gets played today. You don't realise back then.
0: I know, I you know, know
1: how iconic these sounds are.
0: It's like you're saying, like thirty years later, it? it's kind of like. I know, maybe, you know, if you're knowing it, the dance music, you've never really seen anything like that since the Beatles or the Rollins, that kind of old rock and roll, <laughs> uh, the doors yeah, and everything. Aye. But then this is your kind of stuff, in it? That's our sound, then.
1: our, our era. And, you know, to be around that and to be clubbing, if you're, you know, your young teens, your 20 something, to, to, to land around that time, early 90s, late 90s. You know that that ten years for me was was a golden era, mm-hmm. uh, where dance starts to dominate the charts and becomes a mainstream sound, uh, becomes the sound of literally every nightclub across the country, um, and and you're in the thicket, you're part of it, and mm-hmm. you are there as well doing your thing. Mm-hmm. Um uh, You know, just feel lucky. Aye. feel lucky to be part of that. Did you
0: did you think at the
1: time?
0: Well, not even that. I'm 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 thinking when you when you were talking there like. You and in, in a small way, guys like yourself, no just not no even getting into the DJ inside of things, like that, but even in the shop, like just getting these tracks. I give me ten in and getting them to the key DJs. You are playing quite an important role for getting those tracks to the DJs that then and playing it yourself, and then get, going to the club and it blowing up. You know that there's what what I've I'm trying to explain it that. Guys like yourself and Michael, and other people I've spoken to who worked in record stores, I've never really thought about it on that side yeah, of things. You know yeah, how yeah, you're, yeah. you're kind of partly responsible yeah. on a deeper level, bringing yeah. it in, yeah. you know, like, almost like a drug dealer kind of, you know, <laughs> getting it to the right <laughs> people and everything. Like, <laughs> get the kids on this, <laughs> and, and then it's kind of blown up. Aye. Whereas, if let's just say a, a daft example, if you went, nah, I'm not feeling it, mate and it was like the got decor or whatever I, you know yeah. and it just never bubbled and, and had their impact Yeah. I Scotland it never became anything I, big I, I, just, I know it's just a mad thinking on that level
1: as well definitely um, aye I suppose you did play uh, there was a bit of responsibility but I think, you know, as much as it was a laugh and a carry on in 23rd, with strobe lights and smoke machines on some days and,
2: <laughs> you know, we're, like, we're many working here, but, you know, we're just playing, just
1: mixing songs and mm-hmm. having a laugh. But you did, you know, at the end of the day, you were buying in music. You just, I still felt it was a responsibility to mm-hmm. make sure you covered yep. everything. You always get some, even if you were unsure about something, get a couple in. You know, I don't, it's not a personal thing. If I'm listening to something down the phone and it's, it's died, dy- Witness and it's not for me. I can't say, nah, it's t- nah, not interested, mate. Mm-hmm. It's too heavy. I don't play that. My job is to get the music into 23rd and, and try and find, you know. There was some kid there. wanting a Diarrh Witness track aye, or whatever exactly. it is. Exactly. So aye, I suppose we were partly responsible, but um, uh, I, in, in, in a way, making sure that um, we were furnished with our goods mm-hmm. for, for Friday and Saturday aye. night and uh, we had all the big tunes.
0: So would you say once you sort of get in with the twenty third, and you were, you know, you're buying tunes, your your record collection's growing back up again? Did other work come easier because you were in that sort of social
1: network it sort of? And you knew the right I, people, and it uh, 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 did. I mean, it 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 didn't guarantee a gig just because you know you worked in twenty third precinct. Sure, you got to know a lot of people, um, but. <clears throat> I was never I was never handed any any gigs on the you know strength of you know you work in the record shop. It's, it was still learned to a point, mm-hmm. you know, you get you but you get a wee break here and there. I get a break uh, into the tunnel via Michael Kilke. So Michael was Friday night resident, tunnel was bouncing, you know, at this point, maybe sort of mid nineties. Friday was a big night, Saturday was, was kinda of housier, a wee bit more kind of down tempo. Michael's get the arc along with Scott Mackay. Places bouncing. Michael's produced "Dumboza." You know, it's it's a big song. So he's starting to guest all over the, the country, and he's going away up north, and he's in demand for yep. these crazy places up, in, you know, in the north of Scotland. Mm-hmm. And so he's not always there, and they need a they need somebody to fill in. And I had been gigging at a club called the Boulevard in Clydebank, yep. and it was beginning to make a, a name for itself. And um, and and Michael had been down there and done a few spots, and I'd played with him. So he'd, he suggested that I cover for him. So you know, I feel as though I kind of you know earned my my shot. Because yep. you know, you've seen what you can do at, at, in the tunnel, and I always remember it. A Friday night, I went along. Steve McCreary was the DJ on the Saturday. He was a resident, but I knew him, and he came along. I'll come along, support you, introduce you, the manager, and take you in. Played played uh, the Friday night, did the guest spot. I always remember some of the tracks played Glam Hell's Party um, finished my set off had just got a copy of Open Up Left Field oh, and amazing. John Lydon yeah. right, just got that thought this is mind blowing you know you get John Lydon that was my last tune and went down pretty well uh-huh. considering it's a brand new song um, and then the manager of the tunnel comes up big John Lydon fan mm-hmm. he's like that's a great set love that last song that you just played nice one I'm thinking oh I fit the jackpot here <laughs> you
2: know has his face fuck <laughs> rock never die man.
1: Man. so you know flo has been bouncing managers loving my last yep. track I thought great I've Surely something will come of this. And it did. So that got me a foot in the door. They looked to revamp a Saturday night. Stephen was a Saturday night resident with a couple of other boys. We revamped. I came in with Stephen. We called it Triumph. We branded the night. And, and and we took it for there. What year is this called? Probably 96, I would say. Mm-hmm. 95, 96. And for the first couple of years, Triumph lived in the arc's shadow. Michael and Scott were doing the arc and Simon Foy and it was it was the, the night but the pendulum swung mm-hmm. I think as, as time went on and then we started to get a bit of attention and I think it was really when the progressive sound and the trancey sound started to become a real like, mm-hmm. you know, amongst the clubbers, and I was veering down this melodic kind of trancey kind of route. Stephen was going for a, a houseier sound to a more proggy sound, and it it, it really married up really well for a nice flow through aye. the night. Um And maybe by '97, '98 we started seeing the big crowds. By '99. You know, trance is really starting to, you know, be the dominant sound. It's what I was kind of known for, and you know, we're getting a thousand plus people every Saturday night, and, and our night really, you know, took off. And a phenomenal guests from all over the world. You know, I'm still buying a wee bit of music for 23rd at this point, um, and and making a lot of great connections in Europe and and getting to know people. Uh, getting to know Ferry Corsten, System F before it's out, mm-hmm. you know, and, and bringing him over to gig, thinking, knowing his tune's going to explode and Just believing him... in him as an Aye, artist, I kind of you know, he- heard that song for the first. I can tell the story of the song if you want. System F out of the blue as you know iconic trans tune um, I'm doing a bit of A&R for Wonderboy records just scouting for tracks European songs that they would sign they were part of Universal How did the, how did the scouting come about? Just through 23rd uh-huh. because I was buying and I was making lots of good connections so I was tipping them off about some songs tipped them off about Elena of turn it around mm-hmm and they were like, yep, yeah, we like that and they actually signed that and they get the Space Brothers to re- rewrite a second verse and chorus so Elena turned it around became, you know a bigger hook because Space Brothers added a, a new piece to it so I had a, a great relationship with Wonder Boy Records um, and a guy called Pete Lyons who headed up uh, that label and he was saying to me we've got some stuff coming through we've got this guy Red Jerry and we've got um, Matt Dairy doing <laughs> wow. some stuff and I'm like send me it and it was like uh, Wizards of the Sonic you know and I'm like <laughs> and I'm playing it off that and nightclubs oh, you know because it's not even pressed yet uh-huh. and I'm taking a portable DAT machine because I've am i got to play this mm-hmm. and this. Same thing happened with System F, Wonderboy Records. Pete Lyons says to me, I've got a track by a kid in Amsterdam, System F out of the blue, I'll send you the dat. It's mind blowing. I'm like, you're right, I'm playing this. When are we getting this pressed? He doesn't even get to press it because FFRR, Pete Tong's label, just go in and sign it straight for Wonderboy. Wonderboy don't even need to put one piece of vinyl in it it's signed over so I, I'm out playing System F out the blue off a of that you know you've only got playing and pause and you're trying to time it to mm-hmm. mix in with the, the track you're playing and sometimes it was a car crash but you didn't care because yeah, you, you just wanted to I play this track I just wanted to play it and I remember playing it and people going what is that the, what, the first time you played it the first time I played it, it Triumph played it at the boulevard right. one night Sunday night myself and Trevor Riley had built this Sunday night in the bully. To, uh, it was phenomenal and I played it off of that and, and you know people are come up to a DJ box what is this song because it was just so powerful mm-hmm. different um, and at that point I thought i got to get this guy over to DJ so Eventually I, I get a phone number for Ferry Corson Phoned him Hello it's Ferry um, Tell him who I am Resident DJ at the Tunnel Club Been playing your track um, Love it it's, it's huge as you know No agents Just talk to him direct Talking to him direct He's sat in his studio And I'm saying I'd like to get you across to Glasgow We've got a club called The Tunnel We've got a thousand people on a Saturday night I'm playing all the stuff That sounds like System F out of the blue I'd love you to come and play, but can you send me a mix first? Because I do not want to oh, take oh, the gamble oh, oh. Um, of the club paying flights, etc. So Ferry Corson sends me a CD, He's like, "Do you guys have manish <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> so he, play, he sends me a CD, and I'm going right. You can string tracks together. Uh-huh. Let's book him, book him, fly him over. Plays a club. Everybody loves him. System F at this point's now blowing up. It's Pete Tong's essential new tune, and uh, and Ferry does his first ever DJ gig in the UK in the Tunnel in Glasgow. Amazing. And, g- and the U- that was his first yeah. UK exclusive. Yeah. Or something. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that's when he starts to then become a household name you know and, and and we got him back maybe about five or six weeks later everybody's saying Ferry Corson what a great night get him back and I'm saying I'm going to get him back there's this other guy Tiesto he's big, <laughs> he's big in Europe nobody's really heard of him here in the UK but I, I'm loving his stuff uh-huh. and you know and the manager contact I had a, a guy called Michael he looked after some of stuff he looked after Tiesto so I'm on the phone to Michael I want Ferry back we'd like to get him back but I want Tiesto as well aye no problem yeah yeah definitely so we booked the two of them and they come and play the tunnel Tiesto's been in the UK but never played in Scotland and that's his first ever wow. Scottish gig um, so uh, uh, incredible stuff you yeah. know, we were, we, that was happening at the tunnel and luckily having the, the club behind us saying mm-hmm. "I fly them over how much is it? Six hundred quid. Aye, that's fine. But and how much is the fee? Oh, it's fifteen hundred quid each plus hotels? Aye, it'll be all right. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be the trusting in you. Know. you aye, as, totally a, as a tastemaker aye. and yeah. So you know that was that was just some of the uh, a, a couple of people that, that mm-hmm. we brought off the back of a song that was blowing up and then let's get the guys behind aye. this and and I think now that that's kind of lost a wee bit now, isn't it? Well, I was going to say, I feel I'm out, I'm out the scene now, you know, I've got a day job, but I still love my music and I still dip in and out and listen to tunes on Beatport and buy some stuff. And I look at the likes of yourself, Davy Forbes, Mark Sherry, you're producing music, you're out gigging. For me, you know, that, we never had to do that back then mm-hmm. to the do you know what I mean to get gigs we would get gigs off the strength uh, you had a sound you maybe had a bag of records that nobody could get for a wee mm-hmm. while you had there was a wee edge there I think now music's accessible you know you'll put out a track and share it with everyone Aye. which is which is fine I love technology for that but what you guys are doing now is the likes of what Tiesto and Ferry were doing back then you know producing music you know people were picking that up you were getting booked for gigs um, and, a, and, a th- and you know i total admiration for you and everybody else that's doing that because I didn't do that. Sure, I did some songs, but I was in a studio with an engineer mm-hmm. uh, helping piece, piece it together. Uh, what you're doing now is, you know, you're giving so much more mm-hmm. to the scene rather than just turning up with your box of records, USB yep. stick. Right. <laughs> but, I, but I think, look what you were doing, like, that record's mega, let's get that guy,
0: a, let's get this guy, a ch-. all right, that guy just happened to be Fiesto <laughs> and Ferry <costly>, Austin, <laughs> no. right? But you're going, let's get that guy here, let's get him, whereas I think now, the scene is maybe fi- too much too much financially driven where a lot of young kids coming up i don't think the opportunities there like it was for us back then and like oh, he's, he's, he's really good he's got something he's got a wee vibe let's get him in mm-hmm. it's no it's kind of like how many people because he gonna bring you know it's, <laughs> I, it's, it's that yeah, before yeah. the music which I get it, it's uh, a business yeah, and yeah, nobody's yeah. in it to lose money, but yeah. the, the kind of encouragement of new and exciting artists is kind of
1: an afterthought now, I think anyway. Yeah, no, I, I, I could, I can understand mm-hmm. that might be the case now because you've not got nightclubs where huge main rooms, a thousand people paying £10 a head. You know, and you could bring a different guest DJ every week, and they could be forgiven one week because somebody wasn't that great, but they'd still be there the next week Mm because the residents were strong. And maybe now the, you know, the economics don't work like that. As you say, you need to know somebody's going to bring X amount of Mm -hmm. people. We need to make sure it works. There's an element of risk now. Back then, there was less of a risk because the club knew they would have a thousand pairs or five hundred pairs every week or or less mm-hmm. and they could afford to to give somebody a a, a break aye, aye. Um, but I think now it's probably tougher for now. Shall we cut and play a couple of the tracks that you mentioned and then come back aye, our chart. Aye, I mean I think you should probably why don't we play System F out the blue uh, just literally it came out of the blue you know <laughs> it was you know, it, it was just such a powerful uh-huh. sound big you know almost like an 80s snare drum huge reverb yeah. things crashing just just a real powerful sound that that really stood out out for me and and, and put Ferry Corson on the you know a, a, a path to super them. to stardom so yeah be good to hear that again what about another one as well Um Can we go back a wee bit? Aye, of course. I mean, I would go back. I would go back a wee bit and say when I started veering into a trancey sound, there was a track called Footprint. By the Disco Citizens, I know and, the Disco and, Citizen, and I know. it was written by uh, the chap behind Chicane. Right, but before his Chicane is, is project, he, that, was that who Disco Citizens? He was, was Disco, he was Disco Citizens, right. and that and that would have been sort of mid nineties. <clears throat> and uh, you know, it's that melodic, repetitive journey. You know, eight minutes long, no vocals. You really just kind of go on board, and mm-hmm. uh, and and for me, that was kind of. Well, I'm I'm veering towards this sound, mm-hmm. you know. This, this melodic uplifting less vocal, yep. more hooky, you know, emotional. Uh-huh. Um and footprint was was a song for me that kind of kicked that off.
0: I look forward to hear that. I, I don't I, maybe I'll know when I hear it. But was it, was it one of the ones I would know if I heard it or is it I think you would. Aye. I think you would. I never knew he was disco citizens. Aye. I, I met him at a
1: Is it Nick? Nick's. Aye, something something like that. I don't
0: Aye. know why I say surname because I'll get it wrong. And and I'm I'm a real sort of choo choo when it comes to like samples and all this kind of stuff. And I was talking to him as a nice enough guy and I was like what's the one? Then 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 offshore, Aye, or something. yeah. And I was like that's a uh, I I even knew that like, it was a it was there's a was film there called Whistle and I right. and there's like a a, a, obviously a soundtrack to that and it's uh, it's called something like with Nell's walk or something it's, it's on the, the movie soundtrack, mm-hmm. and I was like, "That's an escapes from you." But I, I said to him, "Is that where you sat little sampled it or got the idea?" And he's just kind of looked at us, uh, like, yes. rumbled kind of thing. Uh, and I I, mean, not, I, said, I said, "I said, is it?" i not. I wasn't. It "Did you fucking sample <laughs> it. I was just like, you "No, know, like total like yeah. trying to dig to see where he's yeah. getting his influence." And he kind of just sort of looked at us as if, "Oh." And then he just he walked away,
1: yeah.
0: and we were all like in a group. but It wasn't like I just I him on a on a you dance floor. you been or something. the
1: first person that made that connection. Well, that's and what I kind really of took him off guard. Aye, he that's stopped. what I felt like. Aye. but then I thought I'm not doing it in a nasty. Oh. way, just like total oh, digging. Aye, and, aye, aye, you you found that that, that then,
0: wee link. And then he sort of just kind of looked at us and sort of <laughs> walked away. And then I, you know I was like, for me it was like no just tell me yes or no so I can go and mm-hmm. write that and categorise it in my mind and yeah. then move on yeah. but he kind of took the hump and uh, well well huff. how are you doing next took the huff <laughs> but anyway <laughs> like, let's play the tunes right, come back. ok <laughs> The boulevard, mm. which any I suppose anybody that's not aware of it, it's a club in Clyde Bank. And just through what you were saying, is this the same Akram guy that yes. your records get burnt down in yes. his club?
1: Yes.
2: So
0: there's a relationship there. <laughs> also, he's rebuilt this club that's burnt <laughs> and it became the
1: bully. Uh, exactly. So his night spot in Dumbarton is gone. Uh, it takes on well for a wee while, but eventually. He uh, regains, you know, uh, a, a bit of health and strength, and and gets back in business and buys the Boulevard. Says I need to pay a call and back for his records. I'm uh, <laughs> <laughs> But funnily enough, never, never uh, took me on as a as a resident from from day one. Right. Opened the Boulevard. Was going for some a wee bit commercial. Um, brought in a DJ agency initially, and. Uh, so I was just going up as a punter, but can I come on? I, I just, mm-hmm. you know, I, 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 need to be part of this. Are surely, you, are you you got the tunnel residency at this time no, or is this no, before? still not pre-tunnel. Still, you know, gigging, doing wee parties with my mates. Look, you know, local, um, you know, community centres mm-hmm. and things like that. Been trying to put on some some nights, some good nights. But so can I can I edge you in and Stevie Kerr's resident uh, on the on the Sunday night. Joe Deacon's up there playing but they're not playing a big uh, house sound it's probably a wee bit more commercial but at that point you know dance is is really starting to to dominate and, what kind of year call? Pff, I would say maybe 94, 95 mm-hmm. and uh, I think Akram's thinking you know we need to bring in people from maybe Glasgow and surrounding areas DJs have like you say, I've got a following mm-hmm. and uh, so I get the foot in the door and starts playing at the boulevard on a maybe a Friday or a Saturday night, trying to play a mixed bag of music, commercial, but really want to do my dance thing. But I get to do it eventually On the Sunday night Sunday night becomes Your night The dance night For whatever reason You know Probably the worst night Because everybody's got work Mm -hmm. But Sunday night becomes The big night I'm doing it with Stevie Kerr Stevie Kerr leaves for a a rival club At the Bot McLeod Bank Oh right And uh, Trevor comes in And uh, But then we take it To another level Mm -hmm. So I'm working with Trevor Riley Nobody really knows who I am but they do now thanks to Trevor Riley because <laughs> Trevor's brilliant on the mic, you know, big supporter of what mm-hmm. I'm doing and I think, you know, people get to know me through the bully, through playing with guys like Trevor mm-hmm. who use a mic to tell oh, yeah. people who's actually who's never, actually on you would never nah, a mic I never, never used mm-hmm. a mic uh, you know last orders, you talking? <laughs> <laughs> last orders at the bar last orders <laughs> at the bar no I avoided that so Trevor comes in Sunday night really starts to to um, lift you know lift off and there's people coming for the central belt you know up, up the, the east coast people mm-hmm. travelling for everywhere for a Sunday night because we're playing a sound again yeah. that's you know you're maybe getting uh, in, the, in the town on a Saturday night and you're getting that crew coming in the Sunday because there's nothing happening in Glasgow on the Sunday and you might mm-hmm. be getting people from Kirkcaldy, Falkirk, you know, whole Fife yep. area coming for Ayrshire, coming up because there's nothing around on a mm-hmm. Sunday night doing... The dance yep. thing, so we've we've got the bully rocking uh, on a Sunday night, tremendous, Um and then the tunnel follows, and and off the back of those two clubs, I start to do a wee bit of music production, start to get the guest spots and things really start mm-hmm. to uh, kind of boom uh, was, uh, from there.
0: Was it at the was it at Boulevard when you kind of thought to yourself, I'm a DJ, this you know, <laughs> do you know that way it's that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. you work, you're constantly yeah. always trying to do it. And then, well, you know, it comes together. Yeah. You're playing the music you want to play. Oh, doing the A talking sorry. <laughs> phone. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Is it? You know, like, 'cause you, you're, you're working solid. You're, you're you're getting the music. Then maybe you are no getting the the nights that you want to play that music. Yeah. But then, did it all come together at the boulevard? And you've went. This is what I, I'm a DJ. This is what I want to do here. <laughs> you know,
1: I'm, I'm finally doing it. Aye, I mean, I don't know if there was a, a, a time and a point in time where, I went, I'm a, you know, I'm a DJ. I think I don't mean like stop and the seat but hey, <laughs> I'm a DJ. <laughs> I mean, just like you felt. I'm, Aye, I'm, I'm, I'm doing what I want to do here. I th- I- I think I just, uh, that was not, I just, uh, it progressed. It really progressed for getting, you know, the warm up slots to being in the Bully every Saturday or Sunday night, getting the tunnel residency and then going, you know what, there's a, I'm making a living here. You know, I'm working Friday, Saturday night. I'm able to, you know, pay my bills, you know, look to buy a wee flat at that point back then, you know, and Mm -hmm. just feeling lucky going, you know, you're actually getting paid well here just to play records you know uh, and i just just thinking very fortunate very Mm -hmm. fortunate i always i always thought you know this is this is what a lot of people want to do and you're doing it and i'm doing it and and don't forget that you know you you know uh, be be grateful Mm -hmm. for that um and i think there was maybe points in time when i you know i get booked to go out to australia in 1999, I'm thinking, right, you know, somebody's booking me to come to, you know, bring me to Australia, wow. put me on a lineup, and I'm thinking, I must be, you know, making an impact somewhere, whatever it is, if it's a sound, or they get to put me on a flyer and they tag it with Tunnel, Renaissance, Scream, different clubs you've played. I don't know, but then that starts to then hit a, another level, you know, that actually somebody's flew you to another country and mm-hmm. paid you for the pleasure. You know, I, I get, that was me next level thinking, mm-hmm. this is a profession. You know, this is a, now going from a hobby, furnishing a living to a profession, mm-hmm. you know, and really getting serious about it. Um, so I... What kind of clubs and that were you lucky enough to play? Uh, I mean, I was in Ibiza. I played uh, in Eden in San Antonio. That was a great big club there. I remember playing that. Um out in Australia Playing some some clubs Went to Vegas Played Club Ra Was in the basement Of the Luxor Brilliant That was great Played a place called Bagley's in London That was a cracking club um, I just You know they, they were some of the clubs I think uh, You know I, I remember But don't get me wrong It doesn't need to be Big Big name clubs mm-hmm. I remember You know Going doing guest spots Through in Edinburgh The vaults The liquid rooms It would be you know, it'd be off the charts and, and you could pl- and I always found going to Edinburgh, they were a wee bit maybe a wee bit more open to it. a newer sound, mm-hmm. maybe a less commercial sound. Yep. I could play the dub, the B side. Um I don't know why, you know, mm-hmm. or maybe you're just breaking away for that residency where I don't need to play the big tunes, I can mm-hmm. play something different. Um so I, all over. Um, I remember being in Australia in 1999 to to play some of these festivals. Almost like a homelands in Australia, uh, and played uh, uh, the, one of those clubs actually home in Sydney, mm-hmm. in Sydney um, near the Opera House, uh, the stunning club. Got to play there, and um, and I got a phone call for DJ Magazine, and that was that was that was another moment of uh, you're in the top 100. DJs. Wow. I'm like, wow, really? You're number 88? I'm like, right, I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it, number 88. That's, but I'm, That's still na, I'm still in the top 100. Mm-hmm. And this is, and I think DJ Mag are only, they've maybe just started their, mm-hmm. their top 100 DJs. And I was, who's, who's, who's 80, 87 and who's 86? And they're rhyming off some big names at the time, like techno DJs, like Colin Dale, people mm-hmm. like that. And I'm going, oh, and it sounds like Colin Tevendale. <laughs> i 87 and I'm 88. Is that just... Did it just come out in a spreadsheet? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, I, or I? <laughs> so I, you know, and at and uh, these points, I'm not just telling this story, you know, just to say I was number 88. You probably would keep that quiet. <laughs> Number eight But, but that, the, these are the moments that I really kinda stick with me. There are yep. markers in time where mm-hmm. I'm going, Shit. Aye. This is this is amazing, you yep. know. How lucky am I, uh-huh.
0: you know? But again that's at a time when again social media is not polluting things where it's no like vote for me and fucking with ipads at festivals going click that put your email details in yeah. f- and vote for your favourite de- you know like yeah. this is when it was genuine clubbers who went and experienced a night and went yeah i'm into that yeah but you've not said what a stick are we voting for no. as they went he's my favorite dj boom yeah and it's it was mere sort of a natural and
1: yeah i don't
0: know you know like I know what you mean. Aye,
1: it was. There, there's maybe there wasn't much of a steer there. It was, aye. you know, and you didn't have the technology, and you maybe could, couldn't influence. Uh-huh. Uh, but you could maybe influence things now. But uh, aye, it, it, so that was that was nice, and another sort marker for me to go. This is, you know, uh, tremendous. Uh, but my family still don't get it. They still don't <laughs> doing weddings and, and firsts. Not that that's a bad thing, but in their heads, uh, this whole, this whole journey I had Through my DJ career You know They never got it mm-hmm. they're, they only, they're getting it now mm-hmm. Like 10, 20 years later Because they watched the BBC documentary mm-hmm. Or they heard something or, Oh so you were involved in a nightclub Oh, I thought you We always wondered how you never bought a van for all your equipment I mean what equipment the stuff for the the functions yep. no I never did that I know you know they, they, it's, but
0: anyway did it's you funny. have that conversation when you were younger when you know you've done your apprenticeship you're an apprentice you're, you know you're a it's time served you're a mechanic then aren't you Aye. and then i went how do you know what, what are you doing this, you know, this oh, music aye, stuff aye, for?
1: Because
0: I, you know, I even remember. Did I, you have that? I was kind of like, I was even like an apprentice. You'll I, get a real job. I was like, <laughs> you? And I, I was I was, in a, I was in a factory making hard drives. And then I had like a list of gigs. And my gigs were getting more than that I could handle with my work. Mm-hmm. And then it, it was like, I'm making quite a bit of money here. I don't need to do this job. And I remember being scared saying to my, my dad, I'm going to leave my work yeah. to do this. And he was like, w- what are you thinking? You know, that's yeah. that's a full-time job. You can't walk away from that. And I'm going, but look, I'm making good money here. Yeah. Doing, and, what and, and yeah. doing what I love. And I could make more doing what I love. And it was just that almost fear of Aye. leaving the norm kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Did you have that sort of uh, chat? I definitely,
1: definitely. As I said, I wasn't staying with my parents at, at that point when I served my time. I was staying with my, my, my an uncle and auntie. Um, and uh, they were quite open to... Maybe the idea of pursuing a music career, that, but I was still in touch with my parents at mm-hmm. this time. Just didn't live with them, and they I frowned upon. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you see, you're leaving a job. What you're going to work in a record shop? Yeah. You know, just couldn't just, get it. No, no. Just but it, it, back then, it was about a leap of
0: faith, wasn't it? <coughs>
1: yeah, it, it, it was. But as you say, when you when you believe in something, and you it's it's not a rash decision. It's a wee bit measured. You've been you've been doing this as a hobby. Mm-hmm. You're getting paid for it now. Somebody's willing to pay you to continue doing it. No. You know you can hone your skills. You can get better at it. You're going to apply yourself. So you see, you know, there's 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 a path here. You're mm-hmm. not just you know chucking it, hoping that you might get some gigs. And yep. I, and that's what I always, you know, I love the fact that you know hundreds of people came to 23rd precinct and they all had a day job, but they spent so much money every weekend on their tunes because they loved it and they practiced in the house and they mm-hmm. maybe get gigs at local clubs and you know and, and people would always you know say how do you get into the tunnel how this how that and I would say well, just you know it's got to be a hobby and if you're passionate about it it should open some doors yep. for you you can't just shut one avenue off and say I'm I'm now going down this route mm-hmm. you know we know and expect it the next day and expect it to happen and somebody say oh, yeah and you come uh, you know I just think if you can dip your toe in the water like you did, make your music, have your gigs, and then you transition mm-hmm. into it. Then you know you should be okay. But aye, there's the old school train. I thought, like your parents, you've mm-hmm. left a job and the garage. Were fuming because they've just trained me. You know, pretty good at what I do. I enjoyed it, but mm-hmm. it was I had to I had to leave it
2: mm-hmm.
1: to get into right. to get into Glasgow to get into the music store. To get into clubs and 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 that you know I needed to be there and and give it my you know give it my all, uh-huh. so I there was that you know. Are you spending like you know
0: how like any you know I, I view the turntables as, as an instrument it, it really I, is in it it's an yeah, art form. Yes. Are you spending every spare minute on
1: mix working on mixes? I did, I I was quite uh, because I said earlier I was fascinated by the art of. Beat mixing, mm-hmm. so I I spent hours. Uh, You've been mixing constantly and key by ear. Aye, by aye, no, no, no musical, but just exactly, just picking things up, just stringing things together. Maybe taking twenty songs and and playing a bit for hours on end to try to find a nice flow and and thinking about a set and not having something too regimented for the Saturday night, but mm-hmm. thinking about a set. I've done that for years. You know, I was still I was getting into the tunnel. You know, the latter years, 2000, 2001. I would still be through the week thinking about what I'm playing, trying to string some tunes together, have a wee batch saying they're going to be the one till two o'clock mm-hmm. hour, and I'm you know, and I've got I've got an idea of how I'm going to piece this together because, like you say, turntable is an instrument. Two of them with a mixer. If you think about what you're doing. You can you can do something different mm-hmm. for somebody else with the same bag of records. Ah, yeah, exactly. You can, you know. So absolutely.
0: How did you plan your your mixes? Would you know your first tune of the night? Or are you very much going to your bags? And then you kind of you're just
1: sizing up the night, uh, a wee bit. But I, I would have something in the back of my mm-hmm. in my back pocket. I, I'd be I'd be saying, right. You know, maybe there's a Fragma track. Or, you know, I'm just using that as an example. That is, you know, it's got a nice tempo. It's got a, there's a softness to it. It's a lot of pads and chords, and uh, there'll be a nice way in. Mm-hmm. And then we'll move we'll move to the system Fs. You know, towards the end of the set. So I always in the back of my head thinking punters have paid to be entertained first and foremost i'm not here to educate them and just playing my bag of new tunes but i've got some new music here i've got some tracks that you already know and i and, and that was a challenge how mm-hmm. am i going to piece this together so i can play a couple of new things and keep them on the dance floor get that dance floor rammed you've got them you know almost in the palm of your hand and then drop the new track mm-hmm. and if it works brilliant if it doesn't work Damage limitation. You can follow it up. You know you're not starting out with a half-empty mm-hmm. dance floor. So always reading the crowd, looking at the floor. How does it feel right now in the club? Do we feel energy? Does it feel a bit flat? Mm-hmm. Just always thinking. And aye, in the back of my mind, what's coming? What's coming next? Never, never really one for just a bag of records and let's see what happens on mm-hmm. the night. Bit more planned, I? Uh, aye. Was
0: there any sort of tracks that you felt? you broke or maybe won the instant at any of your residences that maybe took a good few planes. Aye, there was... You were adamant, this is, you (laughs) you all like this. This is going to be big. My mate Ferry sent me this.
1: (laughs) Just you (laughs) wait. There was was a few, aye, you think, this is a slow burner. There's something here, I'm going to keep Mm -hmm. playing it and eventually, sometimes it would take somebody like Judge Jules to play it. And, and you've been smashing it for aye, weeks before and, and, and everybody would if you got that song that Jules played on Friday night uh, oh that's right I've been playing for the last eight weeks <laughs> aye, I'll play it for you <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know one of them <laughs> uh, there was a lot of that unfortunately but it's fine you mm-hmm. know if, if you had to take through the cage at the tunnel right enough didn't you well, that's, that's it that's why, why it take was there. bang through and, and shout through but aye sometimes you would you would hammer away and lose faith and somebody would play it somebody would just spotlight it Essential new tune, hottest tune of the week, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, but another track I, I, I believed there I was something in was, was Scooby's track. And I know you had Scooby on on a, a previous podcast. And there's a story about Dario G. So Scooby has been in and out of the studio with weird and wonderful ideas and he's doing tracks with Andy Haldane, very talented musician, engineer. And uh, St- Scooby's getting in with ideas, Andy's pulling the track together. Scooby's going into town to shop, leaving Andy to do his thing. Scooby should really be sitting <laughs> saying, I'm a DJ, this is how we build. That's, no saying it's, you know, but, you know, I just believe that a lot of the stuff uh, you know if, if they'd sat down and said structure it like this mm-hmm. it might have landed first time but anyway studios gave uh, Scooby's gave me a bag of dats uh, one day uh, he's saying Slows us tracks in here have a listen see if you like any." how, of how
0: did you know him just
1: through through the through record shop right. he was running love he's coming in he's selling tickets he's coming in to collect his dough you know he's getting his money at the end of the month for the raves that he was running so and he's you know he's a, a colourful character you know, he's, he's a likeable guy, everybody knows Scooby's going about with a bomber jacket we love on the back. He's got a Suzuki Vitara at the time we love on the, you know, on the door and, you know, see, he's a man about town. Mm-hmm. So I get to know him and, and build a friendship, you know, a few kind of kindred spirit, I a kind of a love for certain music and he used to wear these... Surfy t shirts, ocean pacific, and yeah. OP, yeah, that's OP amazing. And, and I'd be well. oh, OP t shirts, and you know, we'd, we kind of hit it off. Anyway, he gives me a bag of darts and I'm going through these dats one, one night in the house. And uh, you know that's that's some weird stuff in there. There's Are tracks. you just thinking, just always the search thirst for new music? Exactly. I, you know, I've got new tunes here. But Scooby's got a bag of that. Maybe there's a song in there that we mm-hmm. can play. And there's the song with the Highlander. You know, the quickening. And there's a movie sample. And I'm going, Pff, that's wacky, but and, and good. But mm-hmm. I couldn't play it. It's not quite right. And then I comes across a that with a Dream Academy sample. I'm going that's that's clever you know it's really good I'm going to cut an acetate so you can't cut one piece of vinyl you've got to do 500 but you can get one acetate cut 60 pounds I think it was it's a metal plate and it wears out after 20, 30 plays so I get the acetate cut I'm playing it out he's out at the club so I'm playing it I'm going track's good you should Redo it you should you know we should extend it. it's only four and a half minutes just do this that and the other but the sample's killer you know hey oh man but you know that that's the lift that's mm-hmm. that's the hook was you just mixing any like other tracks that you felt what way or was it sticking out I just i just trying to work in mm-hmm. and amongst us and 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 just knowing that it's you know it had legs there was, there was something there so scooby right that's nah you're playing it i'd ah, I'll press 500 press his 500 distribute some to DJ's record shops you press the 5 no I think Scooby Did he, get them? He, he get the 500 done get the sunshine vinyl uh, I think it was maybe yellow vinyl sunshine kind of white label you know with the the sunshine emblem all ripped off, you know. Sunshine Dario G as somebody's heard Stuart's track, he mm. went into the studio. We'll do that, we'll make it radio friendly, we'll put it through Pete Dong's letterbox, and of, lo and behold, he makes it boom essential new tune. And it's Stuart's song, it's mm-hmm. just a refined version, Yep. And polished, polished, maybe and, spending the time that maybe Scooby Should have when, when he was at. You know, in the town, getting a haircut, buying some new gear. I don't know. <laughs> Andy's banging away, yeah. and Andy's, you know, phenomenal keyboard musician. He's pulling the track together, but Andy's not out gigging every nah, weekend. He's not a clubber as well. Not he's, a not, clubber, nah. he's not a DJ. So you just go, oh man, it was just that. It was just a wee. Just missed that wee that wee element mm-hmm. of you know. I'm saying missed an element. They got it right. They got the song right. They got the. They captured the idea. It I assume he was saying it was like someday that watched.
0: sample. Then he wanted the, the Hill Street Blues keys in it. Yeah, and I think I vaguely remember him saying something. Like, he's turned up at the studio with like a VHS video recorder with, to, to let him hear the ideas and you know, which I thought was totally bizarre. He wasn't he turned up with keyboards. It was like cassette tapes uh, and oh. videotapes. Yeah, but the, the ideas is what he's put together, which yeah. is essentially Dario G's took and
1: polished kind of thing basically I mean you could you, you, you maybe say there's, there's rip off throughout art forms mm-hmm. throughout our life you know great artists rip off other great artists you see in technology you know Apple produce an iPhone and uh, Samsung and everybody replicates it. you know mm-hmm. it, it's going to happen yep uh, un- it's unfortunate because Stuart came up with that idea he was first Dario G they did their thing Warners put it out Stuart missed out But then again none might have happened If
0: it wasn't for you Finding that dat tape And pressing it but up
1: Aye possibly Or he might have been back to his bag of dats uh, At some point But uh, i I had, had some amazing uh, Times with, with, with Stuart You know and, and that was one of them You know He has a bag of dats Up at the house Having a chin wag And we had loads Of other adventures mm-hmm. But um, You know Genius some, some real smart Smart out there Ideas yep. uh, That, that um, You know Became is there any things. any sort of DJs that you've
0: worked with in your time, guest DJs that you've kind of really thought, oh, that's that guy's something special, or even <coughs> an arming kind of, well, yeah, no bagging anybody, going, whoa, he's,
1: he's I would backfired s- on his there. Whatever. I'd say you know more often than not, I've I've always I've always had respect for every DJ that I've I've played with. I've I've rarely, uh, played with anyone who have thought that imposter, you know. Um I would start off with the residents, the people that I've been fortunate enough to play alongside that have pushed me, I've pushed them. They've the likes of Trevor Riley, you know, I, I I could have been the bully for four or five years with another DJ that never used a mic and nobody would ever know who I was. But you know, Trevor's there supporting me, talking to the crowd, working the crowd, letting them know I'm on next. This is your guy. Promoting me mm-hmm. as as a DJ what he did you know and, and and I always thought Trevor would he would pull out B sides dubs things that you missed and I loved that you know mm. and and I would push him on cuz I would be coming up with new stuff and he'd oh what's that so the two is you know had a ball at the bully and phenomenal uh, phenomenal at what he does combining you know dance floor magic with a microphone and working the crowd steve McCreary at the tunnel on a saturday night very Gifted, you know, a progressive sound that just linked nicely and, and gave me a platform to play that bigger trancey sound. The two used uh, what so well, didn't it? Aye, and you know, sparked up a, a friendship that that's. To this day, you know, we're still in contact. You know, a very close friend, you know, best part of 25 uh, years. Uh, played with Michael a lot as well, phenomenal. You know, just at reading the crowd, and again, a wee bit like Trevor, just, just pulling out songs that uh, maybe I thought pff, I don't know, a bit risky, and and, and they would just pull it off. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they they were some of the residents that I, I played with. Um, and then guest DJs, I, I think. I. I fortunate to play with literally everybody you could think of the only dj that i don't think i was ever on the bill with is sasha is that right Aye, i don't the think thing? i was ever on a bill with sasha um and he's one guy that i would say blew me away um production wise or dj, DJ wise? wise dj wise Getting back going back to before i'm gigging in the tunnel the tunnel are doing these all nighters on a sunday these quarterly all nighters on a Sunday, and Sasha's top of the bill. What
0: were they called?
1: Uh, I can't even remember, Mal. What they were. They a were called. No brandy thing, or was it? No, I don't think so. Just a tunnel all nighter on a Sunday, three or four DJs, DJs for England, no household names. Sasha's headlining this. I know about Sasha. I've heard mm-hmm. these tapes. Heard these, you know. Uh, you know he's he's. Played the Hacienda Shelleys in Stoke. And Is this so before the Son of God, Sasha? Hang exactly, just, aye, uh-huh. aye. So I'm up at the tunnel myself, Sunday night, dro- drove up to the tunnel, knew the steward, George. Uh, can I get in? I just want to get in and listen to Sasha. Aye, on you go. Five let's, aye, five. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he, he lets me in. And, I, and I, I, I stood at one end of the, the end of the DJ booth, you know, the cage, and Sasha was at the other, and I watched him. And uh, and he blew me away. Two copies, two double beating, cross fading, you know, uh-huh. half a beat behind. The, doo-dum, 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 you know, two copies of SES Amber Groove extending the intro. Uh, I hadn't seen that before. I'd seen some people be clever with their mixing, but this guy has now shown me there's another level and there's mm-hmm. creativity and if you get two copies of something you can re- really do something special so he blew me away and technically don't think I've seen uh, much better than Sasha uh, somebody else that came to play the tunnel is not my style but is technically incredible Sir Roger Sanchez mm-hmm. three four turntables yep. uh, massive respect for, for what he did um John Digweed played Renaissance. He was very good, uh, just solid again, solid mix, and just journey. You know, a journey. Um, I- loads of DJs but, mm-hmm. but I mean I always go back to Scotland talent you know playing with going up to Perth and playing at you know the ice factory playing, playing with residents up there you know playing colours with John and Boney, going through to Edinburgh you know knowing the Burger Queen guys and there was Fisher and Price back in the day mm-hmm. um, you know going down to the metro Mark Sherry's DJ and there's a boy called Paul Carroll sadly he's not Mm -hmm. with us anymore you know there was tons of talent local talent that could be could hold their own Mm -hmm. and I seen everyone that came through the tunnel and on my you know journey kind of you know in different countries I didn't see too often something that I couldn't see here Mm -hmm. Where you know a fellow resident oh, there's good. only so much you can do uh-huh. you know with a couple of records yeah, but it was a couple of standouts but it is it's the
0: residents that are holding it down every week knowing the crowd knowing how to yeah. work it knowing how to work it f- yeah. not just for a guest hour you know like guests just come in and just hey hey take the magic spot and they're off then they right. it really is the residents that's 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 making the club what it is definitely
1: definitely they they the backbone and mm-hmm. you don't you can't have a guest every week back then you could your guest DJ it could be two three grand mm-hmm. and you couldn't have that every week yeah. so you needed a strong resident
0: Aye. Uh, and i think up. i don't i don't know you know I, i'm maybe not going to clubbing as much and all that but that that time when you're holding down the tunnel the boulevard you know what you're doing with Trevor you're doing with Stevie Again, am I just maybe holding on to the past, and I'm thinking that's the, that was a golden era of Scottish clubbing, and, and I've said this to you before, and you laugh, right? But I seen you and Stevie as like the Scottish Sasha and Digweed, sir. <laughs> <laughs>
2: am
1: I Sasha? <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's all right then. But, but no, just like as in like the technical skills, just that level of professionalism that was, you know, like. There's no much gap in your age group, but you always kind of had this professionalism about you, even <laughs> behind the decks. Yeah, you know, yeah. it was a it was a party and people enjoying themselves. But you were very much technical, switched on, and you know, two years worked together in building the nights. You know, had I not been working as much in my own stuff, I would have been at a lot more of the nights that you were playing because mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. And likewise, with had guys like Michael Kilke, but you especially just seem to have this kind of professionalism about you as if the, you know like
1: aye it's a party but I'm, I'm here to, to sculpt this some would, say, some would say too serious <laughs> some would say aye he never comes back to the party well is I mean, I mean that, and I would be like ah, it's that's, that did. was not what it was I, all about. You'd never be partied when you party, was, it wasn't what it was all about. No, for me, I, I did take it quite seriously. I felt a responsibility, and uh, don't get me wrong, I had a good time had a few drinks. I would relax. Mm-hmm. I would get into it, but I, I was always conscious that you know I'm serving the customer. You know, people have paid money. I want to do my thing, but I make sure you know there's an entertainment uh, factor in it, uh, and I want to be focused in, in what I'm doing and sometimes maybe that come across as quite serious uh, but um, aye, you know, I, I didn't go wild behind the decks and I think it probably as is, is, is things kind of started to change for me maybe 2004, 2005 and I'm thinking right, this has been on 15 years the sound is starting to change I've been tagged with a sound and now the big dance floor is is no more. It's smaller, it's boutique. There's a festival scene, but you can't play the Babazars and the, the room twos because you're not the guy that does those rooms mm-hmm. anymore. And I was starting to think, you know, what you know, what, what am I gonna you know, what am I gonna do? And there was also and my point here is there was also that element of when you did play the festivals or the main rooms I felt at that point you were expected to perform a bit right Right. and so when I got into it I just wanted to play music mm-hmm. and share what I what music are you talking and, and have a bee bit of technical and you know if you liked what you heard magic but I could be in the corner I could be in the DJ booth I wasn't bothered I didn't need to be the centre of attention but I did find it odd as as things progressed people started facing you Mm -hmm. you know everybody was facing you they were waiting on you to do something do something you know and I found that a bit odd and I got a bit uncomfortable with it at times Mm -hmm. because I felt like saying listen to the music you know just get on that journey you know uh, we've got a booming sound system we've got a great light system you know just just enjoy it face your mate your mm-hmm. girlfriend, uh-huh. your boyfriend, don't face me, aye, aye. you know, because <laughs> I, I need to wave my hands in the air now. <laughs> <laughs> my hands are on the mixer, <laughs> aye, my hands, are, my hands are on the, the crossfade and the, the filter here. Do you not realise mm-hmm. what I'm doing? But so there was a wee element of that that I, that, that I always uh, maybe folk thought, you know, d- doesn't he jump about, shout, and I, that's fine, you know. I just I didn't do too too mm-hmm. much of that, and uh, and that maybe. Kind of came across as I was quite serious. Uh, But that's got a time and a place, and I can jump about and I can get into it. Um, But it's me as a person you know it's maybe not my character mm-hmm. so it doesn't come yep, yep. as naturally it's yourself <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, was going, I was going to say guys you it for you
1: <laughs> well you basically you created a new a new level and you, you created a new playing field essentially <clears throat> no seriously seriously mm. because I think now you know when I do go out and I still you know and I'll do a classics gig I, there is an expectation that you know you will be a bit more animated, and I and I'm fine with that because I just do it now and then, and I look forward to it, and I mm-hmm. dig out some tracks, and I have a drink, and I go brilliant. This is you know I'm right up for this. Yep. Uh, but you know, week in week out back then the, the kind of late two thousands, I, I found it, uh-huh. I found it quite odd. Do you think as well? What? Getting
0: into the two thousands and it all, kind of went hard houses up. Was that was it maybe d- too tougher a sound? The music's changing
1: a bit for you. you. Aye, it's getting. Aye, there was a harder sound, tranceier sound. It's kind of lost its momentum. It was still there, but it wasn't as mainstream. It wasn't dominating the dance floor as much there was a harder sound it was starting to fragments you'd have a hard house room you'd have a funky house room mm-hmm. you'd have an r and room r and was becoming a big sound booth culture was starting to become the mm-hmm. thing you know you didn't spend all night on the floor with drinks you know, booked out a booth and you get a you know yeah. bottle of whatever, Belvedere, a Grey Goose, and Sparklers and you know, and and I just think that was a that was a younger audience coming through. They were looking for something else, maybe a bit more sociable. And for me, then, and I thought I I don't feel as though I should encroach on these house rooms because that's not what I did, and I'm not suddenly going to say. Uh, you know, I'm a house DJ as well. Or I've I'm now I've ditched trance. Mm-hmm. I'll come and play some funky house for you. I was quite happy at that point to say, had a great time. Quite happy now you can kind of explore a career mm-hmm. uh, that you know that for the next the next fifteen years. I wasn't a producer like yourself. You know, I didn't have a studio, so. Had I been a producer, music producer, studio, things might have been different. I might yeah. have stayed on that path. But I chose to, you know, sort of move on, mm-hmm. uh, if you like. But it was never like a retirement. I've retired. Mm-hmm. You know, do, I still gig. Mm-hmm. I still do the odd gig. I still love music. I still love what happens now. I still listen to current stuff, house stuff, techie stuff, listening to your album. You know, I'm I'm open to, you know, all sounds. Exactly the way I was, you know, when I get into yep. it, you know, that, that, um, you know. Still that, got a love for it. Absolutely. I think, I mean, even speaking to you guys like Michael Culkey, he,
0: he what he's said, it's like the gigs that he's doing it's just more like a night out with friends again, you know. Yep. If he can get some, like, see all friends, have a drink and enjoy the night. Yeah. That's ticking the boxes for him now and he's happy doing that, rather maybe this pressure yep. of, like, I don't know, You need to make sure it's a you know amazing night start to finish or whatever. It's just enjoying it now. Yeah. Do you feel like you're maybe the ones that you're doing now? You're enjoying it a wee bit more.
1: Hey. Certainly, drink more. Really? (laughs) I (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think I enjoy it as much as I did back then. Mm -hmm. It's giving yourself less pressure but I mean that's probably I don't know No, I still feel an expectation if you say come and do a classics gig I've booked out putting a line up together I'm like right I'm now committed I need (laughs) to figure out what I'm going to play Uh I want to make it good I could spend uh, you know a couple of months thinking about a gig mashing up some songs did a gig recently a bully reunion in Glasgow Mm -hmm. with Trevor Stevie James Brown Boulevard Resident and I spent two months thinking about that gig, I actually pieced about seven or eight tracks together, re-edits, some vocals over some big trans tunes just to inject a, mm-hmm. some newness and a different slant and I put all that together and I loved playing it and right. I thought you know that's and I wanted to put that together and I wanted to present that in the hope that it would work um, and we would recapture you know that old mm-hmm. sound and we'd, we'd have a wee different slant to it so I, I still you know I'm still thinking about it gearing up mm-hmm. for it preparing there's an expectation and um, but aye there's, there's probably less pressure to do that every week because uh-huh. when you were resident I had to be week in week out had to mm-hmm. make sure punters enjoyed it they're back the fall week and the following week because sometimes crowds could move aye. you know you if could fall club, out a favour or a new club opens up yeah. for a nosy or whatever yeah.
0: yeah well I've not really touched on like you were saying about edits and stuff you dipped your toe in the studio and mm. produced some stuff what you want to talk about some of that? Aye, aye. What, what kind of led you
1: to that? Just again, your
2: uh, first film, new
1: music. Probably through Scooby. Um, he had introduced me to a, um, a chap who ran a record label, Slate Records, and uh, John, forget his surname anyway, there was a track out, KGB, Burning like Fire, and sh- sh- Scooby said to John, Colin's gigging, he's all over, he's got a great sound, um, you should give him a crack at it. So putting his spin on this KGB track So I hired out Apollo Studios Went in there with, with Andy mm-hmm. We knocked out a remix Sounded quite good And it just started to build for there I was making connections with people <coughs> I was asked to remix some stuff for East West For Stress What did you put the remixes under? Tevendale's Tunnel Mix uh-huh. Was the was when I would remix <coughs> If I was doing my own thing It was kind of pseudonyms Like Full Boona Popped Was an naggy pop track we did Elevate was a song I did with Grace. Um, Gigolo was, uh, Tracks I did with Stuart Crichton, who Stuart Crichton partnered up with Michael for Umboza. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, was he was he uh, Gypsy as well, Stuart? Crichton? No, that was uh, that was that was somebody else. But Stuart Crichton was solo back in ah, the day. That's, so, that's right. Back in the early day, and Stuart's an uh, incredible uh, producer, musician, plays everything. You know, harp, violin, keyboard, mm-hmm. and uh, paired up with uh, Stuart. So, I guess some. So kind of highlights maybe for, for production-wise. Maybe, you know, the best track I did, uh, but Full I Popped was an Iggy Pop sample. We built a dance track around that. Again, Scooby had done something. He'd done it with Andy or Callum in the studio. And we thought, let's. that's great. And he took on well. And he was we didn't see him for a while and myself and Barry Fraser who owned Uber Disco Records we got together and we said let's go in and we'll do an Iggy Pop we'll we'll refresh Scooby's idea what was the sample? The Passenger right right big guitar riff went in we're not going to sample it we're going to replay it we got Apollo Studios is in the basement. There's a record store above. We get Jim for the record store down. Jim, plugged Jim, in guitar. In it, Aye. <laughs> Jim, can you play I it? it. I can do a la la la. I can do that. What's in it for me? We'll buy you we'll buy you lunch. We'll get you a fresh supper. <laughs> right, okay. So he does the riff, the la la la. We've got the samples. Callum's there. We engineer it. We build a track. We press it up. It's getting played up at the ice factory. I think it's a rumba. Dan Stokes is playing it. He's ten ten out. Andy Thompson for Virgin Records is up there. He's like, what's this? Dan Stokes fades down the break. La la. Everybody's chanting. So straight away, Andy Thompson's on the phone. He has Virgin Records. We like what you've done here. We're interested in picking up this song. Sweet like that magic. So they sign it. Virgin signed Full up popped and it, and it makes it on a. Now That's What I Call Music 42 <laughs> <laughs> so all of a sudden we've got a track on Now That's What I Call Music that's another claim to fame at, uh, and, no. at, uh, I, and I'm like <laughs> how did we manage that anyway the song gets on there because Virgin I think are part of Universal and they put out the, put out the Now compilations so we're very lucky we're on disc 4 track 6 you know we're <laughs> at the back but we're <coughs> on there anyway, <laughs> uh, which is you know awesome. And um, the song gets released, scrapes the top 40. Judge Jules does a remix. They make a video, it's a black and white video, like a and Hardy movie. Video costs 15 grand. There's, there's no money in the song, uh, that's a you know. The up, isn't it? <laughs> As you know, you know, everything the advance, of royalties, it's all it's all done. But that was that was a good wee, mm-hmm. you know, adventure. What kind of year was that? That was probably 97, Uh 97, 98 actually. Um, Some other stuff that I did for Additive Records, some uh, remixes uh, quite proud of. There was um, Hardy Heller, the ICP, that was a a great track, did a remix on that. Loads of stuff for East West, remixed Donna Lewis, uh, Always Forever, that was a top five hit. Mm -hmm. Managed to do a remix of that. Um, The work that I did with Stuart Crichton, and we got that signed to Code Blue. That was a big label. Uh, we did a track. Um, we did a remix of Guriella, Tiesto wow. and Ferry's song. We remixed that because you mates from Because <laughs> <'Cause we, laughs> I was mates with Ferry. Had his hotline straight. <laughs> we remixed Guriella. We did our own. Uh, we did our own track called... Well, and we went under the pseudonym Gigolo. We did a track called El, El Paradis. Heavenly, heavily influenced by Guriella. Mm-hmm. just sounded like Guriella. We did a different sample in there. That was picked up. Big advance, you know, back in the day. It was phenomenal. We oh, were you getting advances in, for records. You were getting advances, you know, in the thousands. Mm-hmm. You know, and we're going, this is... Fantastic! You know, we've been in the studio for a day, and we've, you know, we've, we've cracked it. That gets a remix by Matt Derry. That song, it gets a video again. Everything gets wiped out, as you know. There's after the advance, there's there's very little mm-hmm. uh, to follow. So, I, I and I don't claim to be a music producer. I studied music production as a sideline. Understand music that helped me really in shape. The ideas in the studio to get a you know a finished article, but uh, you know, I uh, I sat down and I tried to do stuff for scratch myself, but I still needed a wee bit of assi- mm-hmm. assistance that that musical can influence a keyboard player, e- yep. e- etc. So sometimes it's good just to bang heads with somebody, aye, you know, definitely. So that was, I had a wee adventure through production, mm-hmm. and again, that was another income
0: source, mm. you know. You, you were doing like but I, again you were doing mashups live the way mashups yes, are aye. did you venture into like, doing any in the studio layering tracks or editing any tracks and stuff like aye, that aye
1: I do I mean I still do that myself mm-hmm. that, oh, that's I, how made me ask aye, aye I still do that myself I still sit and I've got a gig on Saturday a wee gig down at, uh, on Lomond Shores on, a, on a, a place called The Balcony overlooking Loch Lomond and, and I've got tracks that I want to play from you know, the mid-90s and there's some instrumental stuff and I'm mashing them up there now and I've got Logic and Garage Band and I've got vocals in there and I'm chopping them up and Mm I'm re-editing and I love it. I love it uh, getting in there you know and compressing and mm-hmm. EQing and stuff It probably you know y- you enjoy doing uh, I nobody do, knows uh, what you're talking about but I know, you, I know, you're, like you're in like the Ari, zone go but on I, with it you get lost with all that plugins and... so I'm, I'm still doing that just now just just having a laugh but enjoying did, it aye but I, I did a bootleg with uh, Ceremony X versus Coco I Need a Miracle and we sold tons of it in 23rd Precinct but I actually mixed it like straight into a dart machine wow and the way, the way in my house you do an, an aye in my flat two turntables a mixer Playing one track, getting a cappella, get, you know, moving the pitch, straight onto that live recording, no balancing levels, and then pressing up a thousand white labels, getting played, magic, you know. And aye, doing just, just even doing it back, back then, mm-hmm. just you know, just for fun. Aye. Um But now you've got all the technology at your fingertips. Um, I'm not making albums like yourself, but I dabble.
0: Aye. I think I it's again. There's no pressure there in it, it's like a hobby. You're Aye. just enjoying it.
1: Yeah. I just it's an excuse to put headphones on and no listen to MD. <laughs> keep reality at bay. Uh, I'm working on this mashup. <laughs> I'm actually not listening to it. <laughs> <laughs> I've just wanted to zone out for a while.
0: <laughs> so can we can we wrap things up then? Maybe play a couple of your own productions. Is there a couple you want to maybe suggest and we can
1: Aye, why what not? Are you thinking? Why not? Um there's a remix of Donna Lewis uh, Fool's Paradise um, I was quite proud of that that get released on Atlantic Records it's a legendary label, eh? label and to get the opportunity to to get something on Atlantic your name on there was, was, was a big deal for me so And that I think you'll like that there's a bit of 303 action Uh in there you know there's a bit of a breakbeat intro there's you know a right hefty kick drum so Donna Lewis Fool's Paradise the Tevendales Tunnel Mix I'd love to love to let listeners hear that Uh Uh, that's one if you want to play that what about another one Put you on the spot here Put me on the spot again
0: things are put in my head what artists are influencing you obviously all the stuff that you're playing was there any sort of key artists that were really producing stuff you
1: were going I'm I'm, I'm right up into that I think I, you know, if, you, if you get right through the 90s you know I'm, I'm influenced by a lot of the Europeans you know the mid mid 96, 97 there's Fathers of Sound Italian producers producing this you know trancy house sound it's kind of deep and dark then there's Joe T. Vanelli mm-hmm. another Italian and his sound's bouncier you know, that's there's, there's energy to it, um, and then you know, I'm, again, I'm I'm being influenced from what's coming out of Europe quite mm-hmm. quite a lot. Then there's the Dutch sound, you know, there's Tiesto, there's Ferry. Um, there's there's some of the Belgian producers uh, as well some of the bonsai artists uh, mm. they don't some come the in bonsai stuff you lot. know Jones and stevenson and you know and uh, you know and and i know you love the the acid sound and there's hard floor and mm-hmm. you know the sound that they brought in as well influenced by all of them not not trying to clone or copy them but being influenced but i think no matter who it was it was influencing me there would be an element of it would be melodic, hypnotic, you know, slightly repetitive, mm. but you know, emotional. You know, there's something that would you would would give you a wee lift, make you make you feel feel good because essentially mm-hmm. music should stir emotions yep. you know and, and if it if it lifts you then it's, it's got to be a good track uh-huh.
0: hopefully I and mean, when you're doing your own stuff do you see it as like a beginning middle eight? I hate flinging about words like journey but it is what it, you know that's what it is do you try and get that in your tracks you
1: know it's taking you somewhere you know just that we escape I, I think so I think you know when I, when I think about sets I'm always thinking about the track selection and Aye, is is that a journey? Does does that sound like you know your energy level will, will start to lift through that that hour? Um, aye, and the same same with a song. Uh, you know, I do believe. Um, don't get me wrong. I'm listening a lot of songs now, and they they maybe don't go anywhere, but they're designed to do that mm-hmm. and, I, and I and I get that as well you yep. know I can appreciate that there's just a groove mm-hmm. you're just caught in this groove yeah, you're getting lost in the groove you? But, aye you could get lost in it aye so you might say that's ah, repetitive it's not going anywhere it doesn't lift but actually it's just the groove mm-hmm. the groove just gets you right. and there's some of that techier mm-hmm. stuff that's just I just think that sounds tremendous you mm-hmm. know you can just get lost in that your journey will be different for mine what mm-hmm. you're feeling what you're thinking you know when you're on that dance floor yep. uh, could be different for mine but if you're feeling it then that's the main huh? thing that, that is the main thing so one mere track from your repertoire Billy putting you on a place let's, let's right okay we can edit this pause I, I, for or you can even just, pause just think about it and send me for, something pause for thought um, I don't know if I want to hit you with another one of mine. I well, know ah, that's something to, better.
0: would. It'd be good to end with a couple of your productions. Right.
1: Okay. Okay. Um. I forget. There's tons. You know, I need <laughs> to go through that discogs because I don't right. have half of them. And Then I go, oh, that's right, and then I can find it on on YouTube. Well,
0: you can ever think about it and then like emails or something.
1: Aye, okay. I, I just, <laughs> let me email you a wee surprise, aye, aye, and, right, you so can, and you can slot that in on at the end, and you can you can just give it a wee a wee intro. Uh-huh. Um, but I'd like to just kind of look at the collection. Aye, maybe get something that, that you know will, will sound good for for everyone.
0: Brilliant. Well, it's been brilliant having you on,
1: talking about your journey. Pleasure. It's actually quite good to. For somebody to ask those sort of questions, uh-huh. you know, because you you don't tend to. I think about it a lot for time to time, but then you don't get to, to chat about yep. it. Um, and you know, it's nice to talk to somebody like yourself that's had the journey as well, and you're continuing on, mm. doing trying, <laughs> but doing you know doing your thing, producing, gigging, um, and uh, you know, I, and I respect the fact that you. I've got the time to listen to what we did, you know, no, and I, I the part that we played. I, you know, it's I nice.
0: Think, I think it's. I think it's that, This is what I'm enjoying with this. Uh, you know, the podcast thing Like, I, I'm. I was bored with the DJ mix and putting up a DJ mix. I just felt there's a plethora. Everybody's doing it, mm-hmm. and then I was. I, I was going to scrap it, and I thought, I, You know, what? What? What can I keep today? That's you know, keep me interested, and then just mm. talking to guys at yourself and documenting what your journey is, because yeah. everybody has got an important role in, in yeah. our scene. Yeah. You know, and everybody's stories yeah. strangely familiar but unique to that yeah. person. Right, and, it, and it's just been brilliant. And mm. everybody I spoke to said the exact same. After it, they just go, "That was really good," because it's. I don't know a bit of therapy it's good to talk it's, Aye, it's no, just, like, no
1: absolutely I listened to a couple you know when you asked me to come on and just listen to the stories and early influences and it's nice it's, it's nice to talk about that um, and <clears throat> it's great that we've still got a strong club scene mm-hmm. albeit a different scene from you know uh, it looks different Yep. you know through 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 my eyes now you know it's a wee bit more specific sounds and clubs are mm-hmm. you know specific genres etc but that's cool you know the, um, and there's still the big nights and the reunions and, yep. and, and I love that and I love that people can come along to that every now and then and enjoy a wee bit of nostalgia a wee bit of that older sound and I love when somebody puts something together new light you've done with your love on the album mm. I'm plugging your album by the way <laughs> thanks very much <laughs> <laughs> again but you've covered Frankie Knuckles your love and it's you know and, and, I, and I love that as well because you know we're still still bringing some of the the classics mm. you know and bringing them to a new audience because a lot of people We never heard it maybe they might not know that they'll just say it's a lovely record mm. you know how, how did that come about? But all, all these tracks that are
0: standing the test of time, it just boils, down to it? A good, a good song's a good song, isn't it? Really, yep. you know, there might not be words in it. There might be words in it. Yeah, it's just it's 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 stood the test of time for a yep. reason. Yeah, you know, like Joe Inferno and these kind of tracks. You've, you've, you know, you and bizarrely, young people know these tracks because maybe they've listened to. Their parents or their yes. uncles that are a family party yeah. or grew up with it. Yeah. It's just, just hopefully, the only thing I like digital music for it is it's giving all these tunes a wee bit more longevity. You know, maybe you could get in it and go, the money for the artist is in there and blah, blah, blah. But the tracks are just lasting that bit longer. And other than that, I don't see many other, maybe I'm talking more financially, but, you know, things like Spotify. Amazing to have to all, yeah. all the access to all the music you yeah. ever wanted, but then obviously for any musician aye. cutting through and
1: streaming to, fees, etc. It's, I it's know. no, it's, I know. It's, it's it's no real. But I know, I know, it's music actually... lovers. It's amazing. Yep. Yep as you've got a bigger audience a wider a wider audience now but you know 20 years ago you you could put your track to a label and then the label would pay you in advance and then they would distribute it mm-hmm. <coughs> and that's where you know you, you could be rewarded for some yep. some hard graft in the studio but hopefully now you get rewarded in a different manner if you've got a track on Spotify or Beatport and you get paid per stream and there might not be much coming back I would hope that you're then recognised for your production skills. You can DJ, people will book you, they'll take you around the it's world, like tour money and stuff. Like you'll that. go on tour, you'll do albums, you know, and and if you can do more of that, fantastic. And if somebody says, you know, I'm taking you, you know, around the world to 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 let others hear you. Play music, and I'm going to pay you for it. And you know, what an amazing job, aye, aye. you know. So hopefully, you see other benefits or fruits of the the labour. Um, just in a different way. Mm-hmm. Now, I would, I would hope. Aye. I would hope that's a good way of looking at it you know you getting your stuff quicker to a wider audience as well aren't you definitely because def- we were getting tapes out and hoping people were coming to hear us and yep and hoping that a label would pick it up and put it out for you and hoping that somebody else thought the same as you mm-hmm. you don't need to run that by MD now it's out let them decide if people get behind it embrace it Somebody in you know deepest Croatia loves it and is playing it in their wee club and it's you, one of their biggest tunes and they book you and fly mm. you over then magic <laughs> you know that you know oh, yeah. and and I think that's that can happen now it never really happened like mm-hmm. that you know back when I was kicking what about let's end it on if you were gay anybody want me of advice. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bit of advice. Um, I think I just mentioned earlier if I know there's hundreds of thousands of people that have get decks and setups in their house, be it laptops, control surfaces now and you know you, you want to you know you want a gig you, you want to make that a, a full-time career. Just make it a hobby, dip your toe in the water. Make sure you're still bringing an income in like we did. You know, you've Mm -hmm. got a day job. Just have fun. I truly believe if you have fun, if you're good at what you do, you're in it for the right reasons, doors will start to open. I've seen that in different professions. I've seen that in the experiences I've had after DJing, whether it's retail, different things that I've done. You know, that... That's that's how it's done, I think, and it'll, there'll be a natural transition. You'll be able to let go of that day uh, that you know that day job. I think at times some people they just look too far ahead. Mm-hmm. They look at the you know they go to a festival. I might be that guy. I want be that guy up there playing that peak time slot. What do I need to do? I don't know if that's mm. you know if that'll take you there uh, just try to jump the 10 years of graft uh, just want uh, to go straight uh, to the cherry you, you know you might not need to serve your time the way you, you did back then you know prove your worth you could probably produce a, a stonking track and get booked for a gig now mm-hmm. and you be go shit what, what do I do now <laughs> you aye, know aye, aye. I'm now a headline act I've now skipped that 10 year you know uh, sort of Time served, period. I've, I've now, I'm rocketed into the, into the limelight because I've, I produced a hit record. Well, if that happens, then, then you just need, wing it. You just need to wing it. And but then uh, you get
0: people getting rumbled and there cannot be pre mixes and I, stuff like I, that. I, 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 I hear all, I,
1: I hear all this. You know, there's ghost producers and there's people writing for some of the big names. And uh, yeah, so well, if that, if that's happening, then. You know, what can you do? What Mm -hmm. can you do? Uh, I don't want to get into the the politics too much. Just concentrate on your own thing. and Do your own thing. Have fun. Doors will start to open if you're in it for the right reasons. That's what I believe. Good man. (laughs) <laughs> well I think we better Rack end it up. The other
0: two is a sweater in that studio <laughs> Milton, Milton Butterflies
1: well that's track 6 on your new album by the way <laughs>
0: <laughs> we forgot totally forgot about the radio thing which we were just saying there half air how important that was you wanted to tell one us. 6 aye Beat but then yeah. before that you were saying it started off
1: so guest mixing or something for a radio? Aye, so you know, Beat One O Six came along and they secured a you know a, a, a license and they were launching this dance radio station for the Central Belt in Scotland. So it was it was a major deal, and they were starting to talk to people that were kind of involved in, in in clubs and and around. You know, Glasgow, Edinburgh and The Movers and Shakers Potentially, I don't know what we were But anyway, get, get asked to do a, a mix um, For Beat 106 So I'm not a radio DJ I don't use the mic So, you know, they were looking at people like myself He could do a midnight mix for us So was asked to do a slot I think it was midnight till three Put together a three hour mix every week for Beat 106 I was like, oh, magic and, and by the way, we'll pay you for it result (laughs) this is you know it's a dream I'm mixing every night in the house you know so I'd put three hours worth of music together and I'd go over to the so I'd pre-mix it in the house but you could do it in the studio but I'd go over to Beat and then I would run the mix into their system they'd call it a carp it was like a digital system did they have loads of compressors and all that as well aye, it was, they, right, had, they had all that and uh, I would load it in and I'd, I'd put it in six sections because adverts would need to play at the half hour and at the top of the hour so that was that I'm doing my wee three hour you know mix show from midnight till three and uh And they're playing quite a bit of dance through the day. But then they get then they really kinda go all guns blazing and they bring in Trevor Riley and Stevie Kerr and they create Club One O six. So the dance sound is starting to dominate the radio station. Club one oh six kicks off at I think six in the evening and goes through to to midnight. This is just unheard of, wasn't it? So Trevor Riley, I think, is get the six till nine, and Stevie Kerr's got the nine till twelve. So if you tuned into your radio, you know, in the you know the late nineties, you had uh, you had dance, you know, music, all evening, mm-hmm. which was unheard of. You know, phenomenal. Up to that point, you were just waiting on Pete Tong on a Friday night or Tom Wilson's mm-hmm. show stepping out. I think it was called. Now we had Monday to Sunday dance music, so that was phenomenal. Um, so Trevor Riley, Tre- Riley comes back in here because he goes away on holiday and they ask me to step in and cover his show. And I'm like, I'm not the radio guy. I don't really talk mic. Yeah. And <laughs> oh, I'm in the mic, but I can put some tunes together. And ah, well, that's fine. You know, you can just do a wee hello... You mm-hmm. know, we shout out to whoever phones in, texts in So I start doing the show and I'm kind of a wee bit kind of hesitant But I start using the mic and I'm starting to g- kind of get into mm-hmm. it And getting used to hearing the sound of your own voice Because you, you, you wear headphones and you'll know, you know, radio uh, broadcast You wear headphones and you hear yourself kind of coming back And it's a bit of an odd loop mm-hmm. um, And it's an odd thing initially But you get, you get comfortable with it and you start to enjoy it and uh, so I'm covering Trevor's show, which is brilliant, and then that starts to get me on into to doing something a wee bit more permanent. And then I get a ten till midnight. So they rejig the club 106 kind of schedule, and I'm I'm on ten till midnight Monday to Friday, and I'm still doing my three-hour mix. And by the way, they're going to pay you for that as well. <laughs> five, you know, five shows plus a mix. I'm like, I've died and gone to heaven here. Yeah. This is, you know, this is tremendous. And then add to that all the promos and all that, that that's bringing with it. Aye. So you're now a radio DJ as well as a club DJ. You're getting more gigs off the back of that. And then Club 106 starts going on the road and they're doing a live broadcast for the room at the top. And these nights were phenomenal.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, you're talking 2,000 people broadcasting live. Oh, you know, production was fantastic you know they'd create the sweepers and the jingles and somebody'd be back in the studio you know kind of feeding you in as you go live stevie or trevor would be on the mics and you know we're at room at the top make some noise and it was deafening mm-hmm. and and some of these nights we had were just tremendous and then there was the mix compilations off the back of that there's club on six that's right, i forgot about them stevie and trevor mix one club on a six compilation version 2 I'd forgot about it I mix one CD Stevie Kerr mixes another that's released there's a DVD as part of that with video footage and uh, from, uh, the, uh, from the live gigs from the live gigs and I've, wow. I've kept trying to try it down and uh, track it down and buy a copy on eBay or something uh, you know we're live at Be- uh, Room at the Top and then we're live at the Arches you know when and, and peak, time peak time and aye, we're aye. flicking between the two and it's going out live across the air and Just amazing Amazing And and, and One tremendous gig I did um, And I managed to find it online Was uh, We were live from the Liquid Rooms In Edinburgh For Hogman A Wow getting into 2001 And I played from midnight Till 2am I think Michael came on At the back of me And And what, you know, a fantastic night with the sweepers, the big Ben uh-huh. Countdown, ding, ding, you know, Happy New Year. And I just launch in and it's just... What was the first tune? Uh, I think it was uh, Tillman Urmacher. I think it was called On The Run. Uh-huh. Quite an uplifting tune at the time. I didn't go for a maybe, a, you know, the obvious um, sort of maybe underworld-born slippy. Mm-hmm. I thought, we'll go with something new and we'll get to the, the bigger tunes. So I played a two-hour set and... I'd forgot about that until I'd found it on the internet. Somebody recorded it on cassette, uploaded it Probably. to the internet. I'm like, oh, I need that. I put that on my SoundCloud, um, and just listening back to that, and you hear the energy, you hear the crowd. We've got the, uh, you know, the mics hanging for the uh-huh. ceiling, capturing the, the, you know, the atmosphere, and you know at the breaks. You can hear the chanting. and it's just what what an amazing time for to have a radio station dedicated to serving. Scotland yeah. with that clubbing sound you know every evening and I still get people saying oh, I remember I used to tune in to Club 106 and you could put it on at 10 o'clock at night when I was coming back for the gym or I was in a taxi going mm. somewhere and there was yeah, dance music the there was dance music on and it, you know it, it was great while it lasted but Would you it, say that
0: was a peak of Scottish clubbing? I'd,
1: I'd, I don't know. Because look, the year, the but, time as well. Possibly a, a peak peak time for me, but maybe not for others. Maybe if you you talk to, you know, a Stuart Nord Slam, they might say our peak was earlier when yeah. we had a tent at tea in the park. Oh, you know, aye. we we were, you know, we you know we had a you know a golden era era before that. Because I think. Club 106, Beat 106 was representing quite a a housey sound, a trancey sound, Gary J, Paul Najai was on there doing a bit of R&B, so they never never, never spanned the entire musical kind of menu that, that you had in Scotland, you know, there was there wasn't so much the sub club sound there or maybe some of the stuff that was going on in Edinburgh some things are a wee bit more underground I think there was, a, there was a wee bit more mainstream but because they were radio mm-hmm. you know couldn't they go too underground they, at yeah, that time could yeah, they Yeah, they could go a wee bit kind of underground with the, the late night mixes mm-hmm. the likes of what I was doing uh, but they, they had to be a wee bit more mainstream but sure it was a uh, if you if you that that enhanced what was happening around the late 19's to have a dedicated radio station with a lot of DJ's from across the central belt all having a mix show or actually broadcasting yeah and, and also playing. probably at the peak of their game as well wasn't it aye, aye and playing playing the tunes to thousands hundreds of thousands of people and saying come and see me mm-hmm. on Friday night I'm at club whatever and I'm going to be in Motherwell and I'll be in Coatbridge. Bridge and you know you're plugging your gigs mm-hmm. and you're getting gigs off the back yeah <laughs> you know uh, again just just fortunate right. you know, really really fortunate what, what about, what's your SoundCloud so people can maybe check that uh, out just Colin Tevendale SoundCloud's there it's all old stuff there's some mixes I've that from Beat's live broadcast there's some stuff when I was playing live at the Archers room at the top uh, a Radio 1 broadcast I did uh, back in the 90s, 97 I think it was um, and some sets that I've played more recently some of them, maybe like the kind of reunion mm-hmm. gigs um, I've uploaded my set on there so really? it's a older sound but with uh, some mashups some edits that mm-hmm. I've done so maybe new listening you know uh, for for somebody that that enjoys that you know that stuff right. so sound sound cloud sound cloud uh, if you want to hear some of the oldies um, if you let me in uh, you listen to a lot of old stuff
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm the exact same I still listen to I'm still with the same just giving it a wow sometimes you know yeah. just check that out Yeah. Yeah, that's good times, man.
1: I know we can't escape it, <laughs> hence, we're doing this podcast <laughs> I know, I know. talking about it because it's uh, it's just nice to reminisce. That's it, that? it's important to get it documented, man. I think, yes, indeed, indeed. Hopefully, you've got that well documented. Defo, <laughs> it's been brilliant talking to you, mate. Thanks a lot for coming along. Uh, thank you, cheers, man.
0: skill show.